Ooh, yeah! Killer Pop from Outer Space presents War Games. What is up, party people? Welcome back to another episode of Killer Pop from Outer Space. The birthday edition. A lot of birthdays. A lot of birthdays. Cranch. What's going on there, brother? Nothing. I didn't intro you yet. Shut your mouth. Wow. I'm Jeff, and with me as always is Benny. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We have on the the Fog 3D Art That's Hotline. It. All those bottles of booze, you looked at the picture. <laughs> we have uh, Brother Pete. Hello. On the Miller High Life cat collector thing, we have Sean. Hello, hello. What's going on, boys? I like mine better than Pete's. It's the same phone, right. though. I, I love the fog. The fog 3D art thing is cool. It lights up green. Yeah. I haven't watched that in a while. Good one. See, I, always, I always say that one for October. It is a goody. Speaking of, like, seasonal movies... Still have not watched any of my I summer know, stuff. I know. I need to get on it. <laughs> I'm so lazy. I mean, the first day of summer was only Tuesday. So my new, my new, st- my my new Stone shows become uh, unsolved mysteries. I'm off of cops. Good. <laughs> yeah, unsolved mysteries. <laughs> I think some unsolved mysteries. Yeah. I've been crushing uh, UFO documentaries mm. hard, thanks to this congressional meeting and its results. Oh. We'll discuss that off air. Okay. <laughs> Any, right. Anybody else been watching any weird shows? <laughs> I just finished Kenobi. Okay. I didn't see that at all. I just finished episode four. Episode three was freaking dope. Okay. I've heard good yeah. things, so. Did it end well, Pete? Uh, I feel like medium about it. Oh, medium. Uh, I, saw I just the... have questions, but I, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, anything. don't say anything yet. Like bamboozled? No. Just, I have questions. I have questions of what, how certain things fit into the into right. the canon. Well, Doctor Strange just went up on there too. I have to check it out on the Disney Plus. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah I've heard that. mixed reviews about it. Yeah, I think I'll like it. I'm a huge Raimi fan, and yeah, Sean said it was good. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right, I'll probably enjoy it. All right, you guys ready to crack into some beers here? Yeah, man, for sure. I like this can a lot. Yeah, so yeah. Excited. All right. So we are having some Three Floyds Brewing out of Indiana. This is the $50 million man. Very cool can art. Um, I don't know if it's part of the art or if there's six different six different um, cans you can get with the art. It says collect all six, but it is a double IPA, a highly secretive double IPA, brewed for the Black Phoenix. And astronaut Michael San Antonio to battle evil for the good of all mankind. Yeah. High hopes for this one. What do you guys got going on? I also have a Three Floyds Purdue Harvestdale. Mm. Had it since the fall. Little age well. Uh, yeah. I picked up a time staple and I got a Trogue's Trail Day. Oh, I like that one. Dry hop pilsner. 
nice and crisp on a summer's eve. This IPA is nice. It's got a lot of like summer fruit action going on. Like oh yeah, it's very fruity. stone fruit. Yeah, dig that, dig that. I'm super super high on fruity beers lately. Um, anything with like mango or pineapple. Oh yeah, I'm loving right now. Um, what's the other one? Uh, apricot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking about. Uh, I think it was on air. We we're talking about. Uh, um, Magic Hat number five. Number nine. Number nine. Mm. Number nine. Pete, remember that was like the craft beer, like our gateway. It was one of the. It's one of the first big craft beers. I mean, Magic Hat was like the first, like one of the first big. Mm-hmm. Um, micro. Companies. Was that micro? Yeah. Is that what they were calling it? Yeah. Micro brewery. I mean, we were in New England, so I just was like, oh, like we're drinking local. <laughs> yeah, Man, that's that was awesome. Favorite. That was Box's favorite beer. Yeah. And and uh, they had it on tap at uh, um, Murphs a lot of the time, even though like you know it might start out with one, but then then switch over to the Gamzit. But yeah, it's funny. I almost grabbed one. I was in the foodery getting lunch, and I saw a bottle. It's still in bottles, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I almost grabbed they it. They did. I almost grabbed it, and then I was like, they eh. did. They did put it in cans at one point. Okay. I wouldn't want that one. Look at a pounder can. Well, I bypassed it and got a Gansett, so nice. Yeah, my dad bought a ton. My dad got me a ton of a ton of Magic Cat Number Nine for our wedding, and I still have some because I don't really like it. <laughs> How so, old is yeah. that? That's like next time. Next time <laughs> you're next time you're here, you're welcome to drink my old beard. That's a. It kind of remind what you just said reminds me of when Bill Burr uh, hosted Saturday Night Live and they did like a fake Sam Adams commercial, and then they have like mm-hmm. taste like the Sam Adams pumpkin. He's like. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's kind of like one of those shitty beers when you'd have people over and you say like, yeah, yeah, just grab whatever you want in there and just make sure it's that or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing it not justice, but it's very <laughs> funny. All right. Who was it? Pete, did you say you, you had something on the on the, uh, the music front? Oh, just that um, Coheed's new album drops at midnight tonight. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have the it all set up in Spotify. I did something. I don't know if it's gonna alert me, which that, that seems unnecessary, or if it's just gonna like show up in my queue. But something's gonna Wonder, happen. Yeah. Uh, I have something music related. Um, I don't know if you saw it not or not. Wasted wax, not wasted wax. Wax works. Records. Yeah. So wax works. Yeah. Yeah. They're putting out the thing yeah. soundtrack. Did you see the cover? Or the whole, whatever you want to call it, the box. Uh, no. Oh, uh, it opens and shuts like the guy's stomach. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> I already had that on vinyl, but uh, I guess I'm getting it again. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, whoa. <laughs> Is it on pre-order right now? I I don't even know. I just like kind of zoom by it on Instagram, but it, any kind of cool packaging always catches my attention. That's why I bought the Hell Comes the uh, Hell Comes the Frogtown Blu-ray. Cause I love the, I mean, I like the movie too, but yeah. I, I love the the cardboard box that comes in with the, the diag. Waxwork does a nice job with their uh, their art on their vinyls. Uh, speaking of that, I might have mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Did you see Mondo got bought out by Pop Funko? Yep. Yeah, big deal. Yeah. I mean, like, you think that's gonna be alright? I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's good for everybody. It should drive price down a little bit. Well, I think it's great for artists who want to do... I mean, your more obscure properties are going to be tougher, but now, like, if some artist wants to do, like, 
fucking predator. It's not going to be a problem. Like I'm just wondering if it's going to go more vanilla for the general masses. No, no, I think Funko's smart and they know what they're doing. And I think, I mean, you can you could get Mondo. I was talking to Chris, um, uh, our buddy Chris from Quilt Face Studios, uh, about this because he's an artist. Obviously, it kind of could affect him in some way. But we we both agreed it's good for everybody. Um, but also, like Mondo stuff was already starting to pop up in Fye. So it was getting yeah. a little more mainstream as it was. So, you know. Did I ever tell you that Mondo put out this awesome Terminator 2 poster? Yes, many that times. That I did not get. Many, I was there when you saw it. As it was one of my bigger regrets ever. <laughs> that I happened want, to I want to hang it up here so bad. And I blame you. Why do you blame me? Because you were there and you should have said, get that poster. I, I probably know. did. I don't know why you're thinking about it. You know what it was? And it was I, our first con. So I'm not like, even going to lie. I, I, I almost remember it verbatim. I think it was like, you're either going to buy that or you were going to get, another, I think that Otis print and get it signed by Bill Mosley. And I think that's the, the route you went. Mm. I'm almost like 95% yeah, that sure that's what right. happened. And I could have met Bill Mosley many times yeah. and that poster was a one and done he's been in the state a lot recently no, I know he was in like Malvern a couple weeks ago god I want that poster anyway on the news front the only thing I have have you guys seen the rumors circ- circulating around about Joker 2 it's gonna be a musical I hear I'm not happy about that I don't and I enjoy a good musical but I don't understand how that has any place being a musical well, I didn't see the first one still. Oh, you haven't? No. You get on I'm like afraid to watch it, like mentally. Um, would it relate to the first one or would it be its own thing? If it's a musical? I mean, it's the working title is Joker 2, so it's going to have to be a sequel. <laughs> and I just don't understand how, like, the, there's nothing about the first one that says, oh, yeah, the sequel's going to be a musical. Like, I certainly have no idea. What do you idea. guys think? I don't know. Um, I have mixed feelings about the first one. I mean, it definitely, I definitely totally respect it as a good movie. I don't think it needed to be made, though. Like, that's just my personal opinion. Like, because it's not, like, part of the universal the universe, canon. Yeah. It's just kind of like... It's not part of any... Something. It's not part of any and, like, comic book like, canon, did, either. Did, 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 we, did we need like walking phoenix to just do this dramatic role couldn't they have done it with any like couldn't they have written something else but that aside that's just like how i feel it is a good movie like i don't that doesn't take away from it being a good movie but um i don't see what and just knowing him as a as an actor and how like reserved he is and like he's so like method and everything i don't see how he would sign on to do something like that yeah, like he doesn't have any musical background. Like this is, it seems very weird. Uh, I keep hoping that it's just a rumor, but that the musical part seems to be pretty strong. The rumor stuff is that Lady Gaga is going to play Harley Quinn. I did hear that. I'm down for that. And Willem Dafoe is going to play some form of a Joker copycat. Oh, give me Willem Dafoe in anything. I'm I'm in. Yeah, yeah, I, I like both of those castings. This is, how I, this is how I feel. the way I feel about Lady Gaga as an actress is that I'm down as long as she's singing. Anything that she's in, if she's not singing, I think is like like I I heard that 
House of Gucci thing was kind of a yeah. I heard it was bad. Crap, yeah, crapshoot. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Uh, I mean, she was she kind of had to really overact, but it was interesting. I mean, her in the Star is Born, amazing. Yes. Well, that's because it's Bradley but, Cooper, man. Yeah. He's not gonna let bad but she, things but happen. She like she like makes you fall in, like the she she just plays that character in such a way that like you fall in love with her as he does. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Hmm? Never seen it. Too too dramatic for my tastes. She's got a great she's got a great voice. It's, I, I and I and I like I don't like every single one of her songs, but I like her as an artist for sure. Yes. Yeah, get get in on the drama, man. Yeah. You don't want to like curl up on the sofa with a hot apple cider and. Nah, the drama it's a very <laughs> very special type of drama that I like. Uh, I don't yeah. know any kind of drama you like. <sighs> yeah, it is either. very much. It is very much. I I compare it to, uh, uh, the movie that I, I I say is like this. It it has the um what I'll call the the blow effect, where it's like this feel good movie. Up until a certain point, and then, it's just, and then it's just fucking depressing. Yeah. Um, Probably why I don't know. like dramas. Yeah. Another one where I outwardly cried. Jesus, you are <laughs> a sissy. <laughs> the movies get me, man. I don't tell you. Anyone else got any uh, news they'd like to mention, mm-hmm. or just? Anything along that along those lines? No, no. I am very behind, as always. Recently, uh, I just made my list about twenty minutes ago. <laughs> well, I made it about twenty minutes before you yeah, did. Like while while I was eating Chinese food at your dinner. But you table. had already you had already looked stuff up and kind of. I did. Idea, right? I did. I'm just uh, there's a couple where I'm concerned because I don't know much and I didn't go deep. So I, I haven't had a chance to rewatch anything. So there's we'll probably get into some murky waters here, but I have plenty to go off of. Yeah. I mean, we'll figure Deep it out. Waters. We'll figure All it right. out. Let's dive in here. Well, yeah. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't figured it out, it's not a normal list. It's it's a birthday episode. It is going back to what do we call them? The categories or uh, just a dive into a year. Yeah, just the dive into 1989. Yeah. We're doing 89 for the the birthday boys. Um, same. Uh, hmm? criteria. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the word, and I format? can't format. Yeah, Thank format. you. So you it got, is war games, just a different form yeah. of war games. So you got your block. Well, you got blockbuster movie, family movie, comedy movie, horror movie, sci-fi movie, drama movies, Oscar nominee, Oscar nominated movies, action movies, and then like a miscellaneous thing if you want. You don't even have to, but you can. Are we doing the miscellaneous? I thought we were, but if not, that's what I said. Oh, that's fine. I don't care. Like yeah, we can just say we do it to the end, like we did yeah, the last time. Absolutely. Um, so nineteen eighty nine is the year. Why is nineteen eighty nine the year? That's when brother Pete and brother Sean share their birth year. Mm, look at that. Now, brother Pete, it was already your and day of birth. And, <laughs> and kicking and screaming into the light. <laughs> Tell the good folks at home when your birthday was, Pete. My birthday, as uh, most people will familiarize it, is the same day as Anne Frank and George H.W. Bush. Right. June 12th. Yeah, Anne Frank. That's June 12th. June 12th. Um, Sean, we've never had the chance to for those two to meet, but I think that maybe they would have gotten along. Oh, I think W would have, <laughs> or H W, he would have. H W made her read his lips. Not gonna do it. <laughs> Not gonna do it. 
And then following Pete, we got Sean on June 26th. Yep, my birthday is this Sunday, and I share it with both Aubrey Plaza and Nick Offerman of Parks and Rec. Ooh. And do you have anything I to celebrate on Sunday? Uh, G and I are going out to dinner to W.M. Mulherin and Sons, whatever. Oh, that's a good, good spot. Mm, I haven't been there. Who is, who's Gia? I know who she is. The man's wife. She she's never come up on the show. All right, not everyone knows who she is. That's my wife, my petite tiny wife. All right, cool. I still can't believe she's tinier than Steph. Yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Me and Pete riding single for all you ladies out there. Gia was in a car accident on Monday this week and. She's recovering. She's fine. The car is not so much, but she had to buy herself a neck brace. Oh. And she does not fit into an adult sized neck brace, so she <laughs> had to buy a child. Size. Child's fair. Oh, man. Yeah. Did she call? Um, yeah. Is it like brightly colored or anything? No, we're going to we'll put some stickers on it, though, so everybody knows. Did she but call it's... the accident lawyers? <laughs> John Morgan? It's not that kind of accident. I think that's for workplace accidents. Yeah, I don't know. Just the, always the daytime TV commercials. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go in order here. Yeah, so we're going to go in order of when the birthday falls. So we got Pete picking first, then Sean, then myself, and then Jeff. Uh, if you haven't heard, this is only the third time, maybe fourth time we've done that. Uh, this uh, dive into a, a certain year in history, but we do the categories that Jeff mentioned. Um, there's, other than the order that's being picked, there's no order of category. The person picking can pick any category they want. The movies cannot be picked twice across the board, so no duplicates. And that's where like the strategy and the game uh, comes into play for the three of us. So we have to have like backups for each category, see if any of our movies can cross over into other categories. Um, yeah, should be a good ride. This is a good year. A lot of good hits. Steph was rattling off all these 1989 movies I never even heard of. I was like, what, what is going on over there? So it's a deep year. Yeah, we, we were doing that last night, and I was surprised how many, uh, how many great movies came out this year. All right, well... I guess I will kick us off um, with, and I'm gl- kind of glad that we we decided to do it this way because I only have one movie in this category, so I will use my sci-fi pick to put The Abyss on the list. Ooh. I was wondering who was going to pull that out. I'm surprised it came out so quick. I um, it. it falls into a lot of categories. Yeah. Yes, but um, it's my sci-fi pick. And, uh, you know, I hadn't seen this in a long time. I think I think I watched it with my brother. Like, he rented a blockbuster. And uh, um, so a lot of it kind of, like, edit. so I rewatched it a couple of nights ago. I only rewatched two things for this list. But um, handsome young Ed Harris oh, yeah. in this, you know. Um, He's always handsome, though. And, uh, yeah. Uh, really young Michael really, Yep. Really good underwater suspense 
early early James Cameron. Early CGI. Um, early CGI. Mm-hmm. Is this James um, Cameron's first major? No, because I think Terminator came out before this. Oh yeah, yeah. That would be that'd be more like mid eighties. Okay. Um but this is this was kind of I think uh, our our uh introduction to James Cameron's obsession with the ocean as we later got more of that from Titanic and his and then his like his personal trips down under the ocean to like see the Titanic and stuff but um uh this movie will definitely if you don't have claustrophobia which I don't think of myself as claustrophobic but this movie will make you feel that way I mean like I cannot imagine being stuck underwater in that tight of quarters like even thinking about being on a, a submarine like gives me the heebie-jeebies. Um, and they're, I mean, they're on a little bit bigger of a rig, but still, because they're like, they're, you know, super deep down in the ocean where pressure is a big issue and all that stuff. So if you haven't seen this movie, basically these, this, there's this supernatural entity that sinks this uh, nuclear sub and the, Navy SEALs go down to to a mining rig um, to use their submersibles to try and recover a warhead. Um, yes, Michael Bean. This is like what what happened to him? Because like th- like there's this peak point where like Terminator. This he was doing a lot. Tombs Tombstone Aliens, but he just like fell off. Like what? What happened? I feel like he fell off after The Rock, right? Like that was the last time we kind of saw him, and he had that that on screen personality and that look. Like he he should have been banging out like romantic comedies, then getting into like dramas. Like I don't know. I mean, there has to be a story behind it um, yeah. for why he just disappeared. Because it wasn't because of his ability or talent. Like I mean, everything in he doesn't have any major leading man roles, but everything that he's in, like. He does a good job. They didn't even bring him back for like flashbacks in Terminator Two, which is weird. Yeah, yeah, something something must have happened. That um... anyway. So good movie. Um, turns out that there's like this underwater like alien ship that like exists down in the deep, this deep crevasse, um, and it like takes energy away and like is giving them issues. But it turns out they're friendly. I do have this theory about this movie is that like they had this whole thing, but then they're like, so how do we get them out of it? And they're just like aliens because this movie could have been made with or without that whole thing. Yeah. Um, but still good. Like it doesn't, well, it's it also based on, take away. on a book. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's actually, uh, if I remember correctly, I, th- I think it's a Peter Benchley book who wrote Jaws. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you haven't if you haven't seen the abyss, check it out. Can I give Anything you a little else? anecdote uh, since you brought yeah. it up? So, have you ever heard of the like the uh, I might say it wrong. By By for Dolphin. Who? By for Dolphin is an oil rig. Um, it's like off the coast of Scotland or something. But in the eighties, in uh, let me see, eighty three, it was. Um, four divers were in the that like decompression area that you come in before, like, so you can get into it and it, 
it pressurized and they all exploded. And, I, I, oh, I saw yeah. something. About, I, I read it's an article nuts. about that recently. Yeah. Like, one guy was, survived it. Four divers and like. Apparently one of the most gruesome deaths. Yeah. Ever recorded. They said like, the, the their blood would have boiled instantly and yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. When did this happen? In the eighties, eighty three, I think it was. Mm. Yeah, it was a. Yeah. It was something. Apparently, it was just like horrific. Yeah. Like. I think there's a the rumor was there's like a security is that when they, video is that, of is it. That, but... Is that recorded the, the first time somebody said whoopsies? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Name <laughs> something you never want to hear your dentist say. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right, Pete. Good right. sci-fi pick. Yeah, Starting off with a bang. All right, Sean, what do you got? Uh, I don't really want to do this, but I also don't want to get stuck picking a sci-fi movie that I've never seen before. So I'm gonna follow in Pete's footsteps, uh, and I'm going to go with Back to the Future Part Two. Ah, well done. Uh, I think Classic. most people are probably familiar with this film. Yeah, and I hope so. Love it. Not as uh, not as good as the third. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Marty McFly travels to the future, I think, to save his son from ending up in prison. And when he returns back to, oh, he he went to 2015. Uh, and then when he returns back to the the present of 1985, Biff has taken over the town as the almanac, and he's basically a. Uh, Young Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, wild, that's man. wild. Oh, yeah. It is. Holy shit! Yeah. I, never even, I never even thought about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm on. I mean, he goes full blown supermodel. The character after. Did Trump model his life after this movie? After Biff, I think Biff modeled <laughs> his life after. <laughs> um. What's the. The 3D movie that's playing on the diner. Is it Jaws? Yeah. 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 Um, another uh, another little premonition. Yeah. This movie, I when, I, when I was a kid, I was, like, fascinated with the goofy, like, futuristic te- technology. I thought it was so cool. And even though it was, you know, I recognized it was an older movie. I was like, ah, oh, this is what we look forward to in the future. And it was all, like... All the silly shit they had, like in their house and everything. And well, we thought hoverboards Biff, were going to happen. Yeah, we we me and my neighborhood friends were just waiting for the hoverboard to come out. We were obsessed with this movie when we were kids. Oh yeah, I mean, this and the first one just around the clock. I think this this to me is the best one. I like this one better than the first one. Uh, I actually like three. I like three a lot. I like three. Uh, like you, you work a western into it. Yeah, That's fun. I'm a big western fan. So, but. Just everything in this one, yeah. It's like, like you said, like you're so. Um, what was the word you just used? Fascinating. Fascinating. It's so yeah. Everything's fascinating, especially because yeah, they went to the whopping year of 2015. <laughs> yeah, that's that's depressing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't get any of that cool future shit. No. Well, we probably got some of it. The um, the Nike, the Nike Mag. We got, we the got, Nike, we got uh, video phones. Yeah, video phones. The Nike Mag got made Self- a couple of years ago. Self-driving cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, the styles did not go that way. No, nah, no, no, like tinfoil yeah. sweatpants. <laughs> what was that hat Biff was wearing? It looked like a soda cap. 
Yeah, it's just a great movie. It's an all-time. The whole thing with uh, Biff making his fortune off the almanac was like really fun writing. It's just, yeah. it, you know, it, it, it's a great little trilogy. It's a Philly guy. I can't remember his name. Tom something. But what is the the writer? The actor that plays Biff. Doesn't he doesn't he hand out a business card that says a bunch of things about things that he's tired of talking about? Yes, he does a whole like he does a stand-up routine. He has a song. That it's just about it's him answering all the questions that you would ask about the Back to the right, Future movies. Right, right, right. <laughs> one verse or one line, it's like, "What was it like to work with Crispin Crispin Glover?" Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He. Uh, I think he went to Carol. Huh. Really. Bob Saget went to Carol too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was a Philly guy. That's really cool. He never really went on to do anything else. He was in April Fool's Day, which I love, but. I always, uh, when I was a youngster, got him confused with, uh, like, for the longest time, I thought Biff was Gary Busey's son was the Starship Troopers. <laughs> Jake Busey? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to not, I mean, I guess a little bit, but not. I was a young enough. I understand. All right, back to the future sci-fi. Nice. All right. I'm wondering if I should just continue the sweeping the board here at the sci-fi is I don't think it'll pick mine, Jeff. Like I have a feeling Let me see your list. No, get out of here. I mean, if you pick mine, I have one that you're gonna hate on deck. So I can't imagine I don't I mean we've never discussed this movie, so I don't think you're gonna pick it. I'm gonna get my Oscars out of the way because right. this year, nineteen ninety Oscars I felt like was kind of slim pickings. It is. It's like the same and, five movies in every category. Um I really love this one. I'm going with Glory. I've never seen Glory. If you don't like the drama, not it gonna is... like Glory. I've seen... Um, oh, I, I can't say it because no one else has used it yet. No. It's a very um, theatrical, dramatized war movie based, based in the Civil War uh, starring Denzel, Morgan Freeman, and Matthew Broderick. I don't. I don't normally care much for Matthew Broderick, but I, I like him in this. He starts off like the uh, he's he's the leader. Um, starts off like as a coward, then goes into like an awkward, don't know how to handle being a leader phase, and then wins the respect of the troops and and gets their honor. It's uh, is it true or is it like fictional? Very loosely. I mean, okay. True in the sense Based that on. this was the first uh, African American, um, what's the word, not brigade, battalion or something, Bu- Buffalo Soldiers. Yeah, battalion, I guess is the word. But that's like basically the only true part, and then the final battle. But it's all the hurdles and trials and tribulations that you can imagine during the Civil War with an all black. Uh, brigade being being created and being led by white officers. Um, Morgan Freeman stands out in this one. Like I said, Matthew Broderick, like who doesn't? I mean, nothing against the guy. Just nothing really stands out to me. Godzilla really annoyed me. <laughs> what about Ferris Bueller? Gonna, yeah, Ferris, yeah say, Ferris Bueller. I just wanted to say, Vinny's always said, "Glory and Godzilla 2000." I love Matthew Broderick. <laughs> Cable guy, good in that. The producers. I was say the cable guy. 
multiple um oh yeah cable guy yeah he was good in cable mm-hmm. guy. uh multiple oscar <laughs> nominations and wins uh denzel won for best supporting actor which especially after doing a uh, a revisit because i haven't seen this in a while i mean he does he does it's a great role and maybe we're we're just kind of getting taking for granted Denzel, but he's he's doing the Denzel thing. He's like, so in the with the troops, Denzel's like the the rebel and the badass, and like mocking the rest of the troops for following orders, mocking the white officers, not taking it really serious. Like as far as being in the war and being the first um, all black battalion and all that. It's a good performance. This is weird that it was his first Oscar win. Like, you would think something else, like, a few years later, Malcolm X would have been Listen, the first. I was going to say, this must have been before Malcolm X. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can tell you the standout performance, who I, especially on this, on this revisit, who really stole the show, was Andre... Um, 3,000? Huh? No, not 3,000. Andre Brower? You would know. He, he's a really, like know the face uh character actor and he is great in this um extremely in a way like the most so i was saying it's a, a dramatic war movie in the sense that there's a lot of dialogue and stuff but also not dramatic in how realistic it was like there was no like you know how in war movies like you have your you have your main characters and if they come into harm's way or in certain war movies, the main characters might even die, and it's very dramatic. And like, oh my god, like what a loss! Like, dudes just get killed in this movie, and then like they kind of make it real realistic in the sense like that's war. And I mean, like, do we worry about nineteen eighty nine spoilers? No. Have you no. got uh, Pete and Sean? Have you seen this? Wait, unless you're going to yeah. spoil the outcome of the Civil yeah. War, I don't know what happened. Not the outcome of the Civil okay. War, but basically. You have all this hype with the training of the the group. Um, a lot of the drama in the movie is that they weren't going to be allowed to fight. They were going to be laborers. Then they finally get the honor and like right to fight in the war. And they have their first big battle. And they all fucking die. That's the end of the movie. Jeez. All of them. And then the end is just them all getting thrown into a mass grave and getting buried, and they throw Matthew Braddock on top and credits. <laughs> God, yeah, yeah, it's fucked up. Like, there's no glory, or Rough. I mean, yeah, it's it's something else. Anyway, it's uh, I mean, it was very very well made, very well directed, and all uh, practical, like really cool um, set design and all that. Definitely worthy of kind of. Uh, sweeping the Oscars in 1994 show. Weird musical choice with the end credits of "Hello, my darling." Hello, yeah, yeah. Hello, <laughs> <my ragtime girl." laughs> Is that real? <laughs> no, no. But, but no, it was a song. Wait, it was a song like similar to that though. I thought it was just like trumpets. No, it's like a weird, like, like upbeat, weird song. Like you were, I, I thought I thought you were making the joke because of that. Like it, it wasn't no, I, a lot I of the music. A lot of the music in this while. film didn't fit. It was weird. All right. I well, wonder why. Like, why was the Oscars such? Was like for being such a big year for movies. 
I guess it was all kind of like junk blockbuster movies because the Oscars were kind of weak. It happens. There's off years. Yeah. I'm actually I'm going to use my Oscar one now too because it's a movie I honestly don't really like, but I love the the big name in it. It's Robin Williams. Um, Dead Poet Society. Uh, I've seen it numerous times for whatever reason in high school. I ended up seeing it like three or four times. Um, not the biggest fan of the movie. Um, it's super dramatic. It's super... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Expose? No. It's like... A, I don't even know the word. Just a, Silly? No, it's like just a bunch of high school guys talking about their feelings. It's very weird to me. I don't know. Um, but Robin Williams is Robin Williams, so you know he kills it in the movie. Uh, if you've never seen it, he's Robin Williams. It's like a serious role for him, basically, and uh, he plays a like a boarding school or a char- whatever it is, charter school English teacher, and he starts reading weird poetry that the parents don't like and kids all get behind him and he gets fired and blah 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 and then someone ends up killing themselves and stuff like that it's uh it's not my cup of tea by any means just uh a lot of people love it though it's one of those movies that people like i love this one a lot i mean it's basically like one big story time and therapy session like you were saying with them talking about their feelings yeah Yeah. i am one of those people that like it this is like top Top ten movies for me all time. That's cool. I I just I just I personally don't like it. I don't know. I don't care. I, yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't it doesn't bother me if people like it or not. I if you don't like it, you young... on your list. Why? Because drama. I mean, because Oscar. It was tough. Um. No, this movie formulated me a little bit as like, you know, taught me, you know, like. I do read and write stuff, so like, like poems and shit. So like, this kind of taught me at a young age when I first saw it that like that's okay, and it's like a way to like, um, you know, deal with stuff. And and the, you know, I think one of the big struggles is with. I mean, this was like the first. If it wasn't his first role ever, it was like his first mainstream role for Ethan Hawke, and he's like this shy kid and not that I was ever a shy kid but like you know like he's like really challenged by the teacher to like write stuff and then he finally breaks through to him and um it's it takes place in like the late 50s and so all these uptight parents and shit like um but I think it's it holds a good message and um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh he's not teaching the kids to be rebels but I think that everyone needs to, you know, it, it's an, it's, it's one of those, like one of the sub messages is think for yourself and don't be a follower because like one of the kids is a follower and he rats on everybody else. And then they, they, they all stand on the desk and yeah. do the captain, my yeah. captain thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, you know, it's just one of those, um, you know, don't be dance. Uh, walk to the beat of your own drum kind of thing so um, I like the idea of like them going to the cave and everything and um, 
you know, and and I mean, this features, I mean, features a lot of Walt Whitman, Philly. Yeah, yeah. But he's actually from he's actually from Camden, but yeah. whatever. Leaves of grass. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's a great pick and great movie. I really love. I mean, without Robin Williams, this movie doesn't succeed. But he, yeah, him in not. this role, him in this role, that's I who think he is. Prob- him in this role is probably one of the reasons why they wanted him for Good Will Hunting, which is like this role to the to the next degree. Um, one of the best roles anyone has ever played, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, great pick. I agree. All right, Peter, that brings it back to you. All right, so I'm that you have removed two of the three movies I had written down for Oscar. Uh, Sean so I have to. Fuck. I have to go with mine, which is I'm surprised that neither of you took this one first because this is a yearly rewatch right around April Field of Dreams oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. also Philly <laughs> I had it uh, in a different category but yes um, man this is such a good movie and it's such a I, I mean I don't if, if you're not crying at the end of this movie right like I mean this has the I mean I, I cry when I watch this movie because my dad cries when he watches this movie because you know the whole like just playing catch with like I was just playing catch with your dad thing, and that's just like you know it, it plays those heartstrings so well. And he's like, "That's all this whole thing was for because he had to play catch with his dad." Like Jesus, but um, I mean, groundbreaking performance by um, um, Kevin Costner. Um, what? <laughs> what do you say? What's what's his last name? Kevin Costner. 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 Yeah. What just happened? Christ. And um, but also, uh, fuck. I cooked for him once actually. The um, black guy. The black guy. What's his name? Darth Vader. Kill a pod from outer space. We know movies. Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember his name now. Jeff, come on, you're good. I'm legit not even paying attention. What happened? Um, um, Darth Vader. Uh, people are people are James young. Earl Jones. Yes, James Jiminy Earl Jones. Crickets, you guys. Sorry, we're struggling. Sorry, well, pay attention. Well, the Mahoning put out this fun little calendar. I was looking at. Stop sexing over there. Um, it's a calendar. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Um, but yeah, dude, I love that that speech that he gives at the end. People will come, Ray. It's like just so epic and just so good. The girls choking on a hot dog, kicking off in the corner. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, this is just. All, I mean, I can't say enough good stuff about this movie. Just fantastic. Also, is this based on a book too? Uh, I don't know. But, I don't know um, that. I'm not sure. The field. The fields. The fields. Real. Um, did they ever end up? Did they end up playing a game there? I know, I know, COVID kind of messed. No, the, yeah, they did it. Like, I missed the game. They, they did. did it. Yeah. It was they just did it with cool. no crowd, or yeah, no crowd. But well, I like that. I like the idea of that. Yeah, cool. I saw highlights. It, it looked like it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, this is an all-time. They're classic. gonna be. 
They're going to be playing another one uh, in August. Hmm. Oh, cool. Who's playing? Cincinnati Reds and the Chicago Cubs. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a ton to say about this one. This is a classic. I would hope everyone has seen. Uh, the biggest thing for me is the tear-drifter ending. Uh, and, the, and you know, like Peter mentioned, the uh, performances are great. Gotta be all-time, all-time as far as sports movies go. Oh. Yeah, 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 it's fantastic. Sean, that leaves you. Up do next. I want to round that? Do I want to round that category out? I mean, you don't have to really be in a rush because you're the last one. So if there's something else you want well, to clean, we're 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 doing a drama as well too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's some drama movies that might fall. As far as strategy goes, my recommendation would be just grab something else because you can take all night now yeah. to clear off. That yeah, I'm, I'm actually gonna. I'm going to go drama, and I'm going to choose the film Say Anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little John Cusack action. Okay. Eh? Well, John, like well, John Cusack. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a great movie. This is one of the first movies G and I watched together when we started dating. Ooh. So it holds a little sentimental uh, place in my heart. A little Netflix and chill? Uh, well, oh, back then, no. I <laughs> think Netflix was even a thing when we started dating. <laughs> Dig out uh, the DVD. By, just by mail, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We probably watched the DVD mm. yeah, on our uh, parents' flat screen TV, oh, yeah. seven some inches. <laughs> yeah, this this movie follows a young John Cusack. Uh, he's a high school kid. Uh, falls in love with the beautiful, intelligent Diane Court, and. Uh, the movie follows his attempts to, you know, win her over um, against the wishes of her overprotective father. But uh, it's been a long time, actually, since I've watched this movie, but it's an awesome film. Uh, you know, one of those coming-of-age high school stories. Yeah, what, what were you going to say? Sorry, I was going to say that iconic image of him, you know, holding up the boombox outside the window. Yep. Forever, yeah, I mean, that can't even that'll that... forever live on in Americana and cinema history. Right, and that like that can't happen in you know twenty twenty two. You're gonna stand out there with your cell phone, Bluetooth yeah. speaker, your, blue, your Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> I guess you could play it from your car, stand on top of your car. <laughs> sure. That's not jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The kids, the kids are into crazy shit these days. Damn kids! Um, I love this movie, and I love, 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 love John Cusack. I, I will watch his shitty movies, and celebrate his triumphs. You're even down for like 2012. You know, I, it's fine. Every once, yeah. I mean, I have a guilty pleasure with 2012. I think it's. I mean, it is one of the most. Ridiculous movies I've ever seen. But the only, you know what the movie's the only movie that's more ridiculous than that that I can think of off the top of my head. Did you ever see San Andreas with The Rock? Yes, that is <laughs> that is quite ridiculous. With the, the ex-wife, they, they, like... they, they just villainized the San Andreas fault. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, they he, he like pulls up to 
pulls up in the big truck through the chasm he can't drive across. What is it? It's a San Andreas fault. <laughs> like, okay, Jesus Christ. Did they basically just take that movie uh, Volcano and make it an earthquake instead? Oh, there's so of, much more yeah. over the top of the volcano. Yeah, and they put that, that chick who's super hot but can't act for shit, Alexandra Daddario. Yeah. She's like, she's, she's like the really... daughter... <laughs> She was, that, she, was, she was she was in that we Sum, we summoned the darkness movie is that what it was uh, called? she yeah. was also Johnny Knox where she was nude really should, it, it, banging Woody Harrelson in True Detective that's how I yes. discovered her and I was like who is yes. this wonderful lady that's how America discovered her. Yeah. Um, two of my favorite comedies of all time are John Cusack, Cusack movies uh, Better Off Dead and One Crazy Summer I love Better Off Dead yeah, Better Off Dead is so good. Sorry, blew up your mom, Ricky. <laughs> I could go on this whole episode and just quote that movie. Dude, I quote that movie so often and Good. get so many like sideways looks. Like, Good. Next time we're um, together, we're just gonna do it all night. Dude, I, I always said, uh, "You said you didn't like how greasy the bacon was, so I boiled it." <laughs> <laughs> it's an aardvark. Everyone's got one. Gonna be wearing these. Um, yeah say anything it's like the ultimate like uh teenage relationship movie there this was like in the middle of like the, the time i feel like when that was getting really where we had the high school or high school wrapping up and going to college yeah. love stories were going on who is the who's the girl of this who i forget um i don't really uh i ion sky Ian Sky? I don't know how to say her name. I am gay. I'm Ron Burgundy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do you say the name I-O-N-E? Ion? Ione? Ione Sky? I mean, Ione. she has me. Ski? Ski Whoa! Sky? What the hell? Sorry. She, uh... I don't mean to be insensitive, right, so but she didn't age well. Um, so she didn't. She hasn't done much. I'm looking at her IMDb. It doesn't look like... A lot of movies I've seen. Nothing of note. Interesting. Anyways, great pick. Love it. Well, you picked it, didn't you? <laughs> no, Sean, Sean, Sean. Oh, Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, I'm getting so and honest. Was, and what was that under? Wrapping up. Drama. I wanted, Drama. To, okay. I wanted to knock that category out. Drama. Say anything. Just making my notes here. Oh, I almost said say nothing. <laughs> I have like this burning in my nostril right now. I have no idea what's going on. Also, this 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 is what the band Say Anything got their name from. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who love this band? Love that band. Sean and I saw their one of their last shows that they played together as a band. I really think because they they had to cancel the rest of that tour like two days after, and then they kind of broke up. I think they're technically on hiatus, but oh. was this one the um, they, singer was all they were playing, on many drugs? They played um their first they they were playing in two days they were playing their first three albums. So we saw the first day and it was their first album and half of their second. Nice. And it was just so much fun. Uh yeah, that was awesome. That was an awesome um, and it was one of the it was the last show I saw at the truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. All right, Vinny, you're up. Bubba. All right. I mean I'm not sure Jeff would take this, but just to cover my bases, because I really want to talk about it, I'm going to um, 
go into sci-fi and take Leviathan. Yeah, that was my sci-fi. Oh. It's is what I like to call the poor man's thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't call it poor man's. I mean, Un- I, that's just what I, I just what I call it. Underwater <laughs> thing, basically. Um, Pete Sean, fans of this, have you seen it? I don't think it's on my it's been on my list to watch for a while. It's great. Put it yeah. put it to the top of the list. I mean, it's it's fun. You got Peter Weller um and then just love, a love, love love Peter Weller. Yeah. A whole Peter Weller and basically a crew of 80s and early Ooh, 90s Ernie Hudson. character yeah. actors. Yeah, it, Daniel Stern. Yeah, it's so fun. Daniel Stern is a six-pack. <laughs> um it it's like alien. I was gonna say it's like aliens and the thing combined yeah. underwater. Um, there's a a deep sea uh, mining crew that comes across this relic of a Soviet uh, ship down there, and they go to explore. There's no distress signal or any of that that happened in a lot of these movies. They just go to explore it, uh, find some treasures to bring back uh, to their base, and let loose. A mutant genetic experiment onto their base, and it's—I mean, it is hell of a ride. It's so funny. I mean, not funny, fun. Um, there's not much like camp to it, right, Jeff? Like, nah, it's just pretty straightforward, yeah. like sci-fi, yeah. But a lot of fun to watch. It's really—it's really fun seeing all the character. There's there's a ton of. Uh, like that guy's like that guy recognizable faces that you've seen from other stuff. Uh, pretty good performances all around. The set design is unbelievable. Like they, that's kind of where like the alien stuff comes in. Is they have these, these underwater armored suits they travel around in on the ocean floor, and then all the crazy stuff in their base with, uh, you know, it's nineteen eighty nine, so they're trying to make like. For the movie futuristic technology but it comes off comes off like today like super clunky and, and goofy but all around just hell of a watch um one of my all-time favorites and i mean i'm a sucker for these movies anything in space anything underwater um it's kind of my bag but out of that very specific niche subgenre this is top of the game yeah. Um, sorry, you go, you go ahead, Jeff. No, no, I was going to say you nailed it. There's not more I can say about it. It's just definitely one of those, like, I mean, the first time I saw it, it was just like, a, oh, what's this? RoboCop's in it. Let me put it on. And yeah, I, yeah, I fell in love with it. And I, that was, I, me, I immediately coined it. I was like, oh, it's like the poor man's thing. I feel like that's a dig. I don't like that. I, it wasn't meant to be a dig. It's Underwater just, thing. It's just Underwater like, thing alien. It's like they couldn't get Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. Or Wilford Brimley, so they got... Um, also, uh, darn it. Stan Winston does all the practical yep. effects, which yep. is a big yep. deal. Uh, the monster's pretty cool, like, utilizing the budget and the technology they have. The the little battle at the end, when they surface, is, it's a little hokey. Yeah, well... Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't uh, necessarily age well, but it's all part of the fun. Oh, and then when uh, Peter Weller punches that chick at the end, right before the end, <laughs> right before the credits, Steph mm-hmm. called it. It was like it was the first we I revisited for this, even though I've seen it a million times. Because I wanted to see what Steph's reaction would be. 
And she was like, is he going to punch that girl? She, oh, he just punched that girl. <laughs> he sure did. She deserved it. Um, I just wanted to touch on, because just because you were bringing up the effects for the time, I wanted to mention, go back to um, the abyss and talk about real quick the like all their like submersibles and like the things that they were supposed to be like driving around the ocean like that all like that all stuff like stood stands up like um i and i i guess that that has to be attested james cameron like and like all the stuff that like when like you know water's coming in like these they built this set that like yeah you know all the stuff all a lot of the stuff would have just been like cgi now or like whatever but um no i mean it sounds like like because they're both underwater movies. It sounds like like this and that were both like just really well, um, you know, they got the the good practical effects people on it. So yeah, I mean, um, when, you get, when you get Stan Winston, I mean, he was only doing the the creature effects, but yeah, um, they did a nice job with this one with like the way the base feels, the way the ships feel. Like it, it doesn't. It doesn't look like completely hokey where you're like laughing. Like, oh, I don't know how that looks. Like, I mean, at least for me, I think all of us. I don't know if the the general audience does that, but I, I just appreciate the craftsmanship that goes in to making that. Mm-hmm. Whereas today, it's just CGI'd. Which yeah, the CGI can be beautiful and like super realistic looking, but the craftsmanship that went into these movies, I just really appreciate and like point out all those details. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the old, can, the old soul like, of us. Three D print shit now. Yeah, do yeah. That back then. All right, so we have only one left for Oscars and only one left for sci fi. Wow. Well, I'm jumping into horror. Oh. Because if I don't get to pick this movie, I'm be very upset. Oh no. It's not what you think it's gonna be. Don't take uh, mine. It's Death Spa. Oh yeah. yeah. Damn it, I should still like it. <laughs> I love Dude, Death Spa. You turn me on to Death Spa. I fucking love Death, Death Spa. Death Spa is the coolest. There's nothing like <laughs> seeing a gym killing people. Yeah. <laughs> um and like the most hokey eighties gym. Like yes. this is super camp. Yes. Ken Free is in it wearing like Joseph Technicolor's jacket uh from the Bible. Like it's insane. Um it's very funny because it's one of those movies that they clearly had the movie written and we're like, well, how does this end? Because the ending has makes zero sense <laughs> with the rest of the movie. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like a semi-futuristic gym that it's the 80s. So it's supposed to be like high-tech gym and, and shit's just going crazy. Stuff's killing people and I think one, like a protein shake kills someone. Weeds get smashed yes. on the head. Yeah, it's it's great. It's so uh, it's so 80s. Wait, hold on. Beat, Sean, have you seen this? No. It's, Dude, I, it's no, I'm, I'm familiar. It was familiar. on Prime for a long time, but I don't know where I'm, I'm pretty it is sure now. it's still on Prime. I hope so. You should watch it right away. It's not a long watch either. This is one of the, like, there's movies that Jeff recommends to me. Like, where some, like sometimes I'll just eye roll. Sometimes I'll just be like, nah, dude, like, absolutely not. This one, just the name and seeing the poster, I was like, yes, I am in. So 80s cheese and just a hell of a good time. I can't believe it got made. Like, Dude, I 
I can't either, but it's great. Who walked into the pitch meeting and was like, here's what we're going to do? Dude, somebody was like, I have some money. Let's make a horror movie. What do we got? (laughs) Not, Not to be confused with Killer Workout. Killer Workout is even, it's also in the 80s, but it's like cheap, cheap, like shot on video cheap. But, yeah, it, but it's know. sexier. There's a lot of like sexy aerobic gear in Killer Workout. There's a lot of sexy aerobic gear in well, Despot. I mean, yeah. Where, but, they, where, where, the, where the ladies are wearing those one pieces that where it's like pulled way. Up oh yeah, the, and like the, they'll the wear hips. like the the leotard with the thong over it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a weird look, but it's like that was '80s. Um, Ken Free in this movie, man. Ken Free is the best. I love that dude. But he, <laughs> I'll just he, when he first pops on screen, he's wearing this like rainbow colored shirt or whatever it is okay oh it's so crazy <laughs> yeah I, I wouldn't say anything about this movie is um gonna change your life by any means no but it's God a blast damn, is it fun if you can watch it with a group you will oh, have a lot of should. fun yeah. if you uh if you have people out there that are like us and you can show it to an unsuspecting uh spouse or significant other that's maybe not <laughs> deep into the horror just to see their reaction because that I get a lot of entertainment out of that in this household just showing ri- ridiculous stuff to Steph just to see her reaction it, it, it's a it's a blast yeah and if their reaction's not jumping for joy kick them out exactly <laughs> uh, I'm surprised we haven't like been graced with this either on Joe Bob or the Mahoning or Colonial it is an unsung hero of 80s horror <laughs> I wonder if it's uh, fantastic. I wonder if it's public domain. No, I doubt it. It would be all over the place if it was public domain. Yeah. I have that eighty movie set where it's just like every public domain movie ever. Yeah, yeah, it would be eighties killer gym death spot. Mm-hmm. Get on it! I'm I, I'm fairly confident in still streaming for free on Amazon Prime. You will not regret it. And then watch Killer Workout afterwards if it's on there. I don't know what year that's from. If that if that's eighty nine, I probably would have took that over because Killer Workout. No, killer I, I workout, just to veer off. Killer Workout is like if you ever seen the movie Samurai Cop. It's like Samurai Cop level bad acting, shitty horror, and eighties sex appeal. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good pitch, dude. There's a scene. I mean, I like Samurai. There's Cop, a but... scene in Killer Workout where the detective just walks into this like bikini supermodel's backyard. She has her phone. It's a rotary phone, and it's pulled all the way in the backyard. Like, you see the cord just, like, running across the lawn. And she, he walks in, and he's like, I need to ask you some stuff. And they just immediately start to bang. <laughs> that sounds weird. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Does that bring us back up to the That top? goes back to Pete. Back to Pete. So I have a question. We There was some discussion yesterday. But I'm not, or the other day, but I'm not clear. Did we do block? Are we doing blockbuster? Yeah. So we kept blockbuster. We kept comedy. We kept sci-fi. I thought right. we were just debating getting rid of uh, miscellaneous, but we may just throw that. Yeah, in I mean, end. we'll see where we're at. So I'm gonna enter my blockbuster pick. Oh, okay. Because this is a multi-category pick, and is um. It's part of a franchise. Oh, no. It's my favorite installment in the franchise. Oh, no. And it is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, okay. Oh. 
I, I was about to agree with you, but I really like Temple of Doom. Like, I love Kali Ma. Uh, Temple of Doom is it's like it's good every once in a while, but like it's short like... round and yeah, I don't know. Short round. <laughs> last Last Crusade is definitely the most. Um, uh, ambitious of all of them, that's for sure. It's the most ambitious. It's the most like, like I feel like it's the most like, I feel like it's the most focused on like history or whatever like the historical storyline they're trying to follow. Oh, for sure. Because yeah. it's, because it's got him. Plus, you got you got the Scotsman, Sean Connery. That's your boy. In here, yeah. Um, um, I think this is also somehow the first one I saw, so I feel like as backwardsly. It's my, also my favorite for that reason. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, it just it's it, you know you got you know it's Indian Jones. There's Nazis. There's there's history. There's a fucking uh, there's, holy grail. There's blimps. <laughs> holy grail. There's the whole religious thing looming overhead. You got Nazis dying because he drank from the wrong grail. Uh, anytime you get Nazis dying, you know, always a plus. True. True. Um, you have uh, doesn't the doesn't the woman return in this the the girl from uh, Scrooge that's in the first one? No, I don't. Uh, Karen Allen. No, I don't think she's in this one. Oh, she hasn't returned in this. I one? think she comes oh. back in the Crystal Skull. Oh, okay. Yeah, this one it's the um, uh, this one's got the blonde Nazi chick. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she. No, I don't think she pops up at all. Well, anyway, I I like the whole. I feel like there's a struggle, um, because I think Indiana Jones, the character, is a realist historian, not necessarily a religious person, but has to follow in those religious, kind of put himself in that religious mindset in this movie to find the Holy Grail. So that that's interesting because, you know, he's he's just, I feel like he's, you know, anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know I get what, I'm I get I what like, you're saying. I feel yes. like he's a, he's, a, he's a straight, right. he's a straight shooter. He has to, he has to submerse that, himself in this religious that, culture. That all, yeah, because all this stuff is stories. Right. His whole life is stories. Yeah. But yeah. this one, he just so happens to be following is real in, at least in the, inside this movie. Yeah. I always liked the um, uh, like the puzzle aspect, like when he's in the library and he has to break through and all that stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. Always I love all, I, got I, me I as love, a kid. I love sh- I love shit like this movie, and even though they're not as good as the books, I love the at least the first two Tom Hanks versions of the Da Vinci of Code, the Angels and Demons, okay. Da Vinci Code. Yeah, books. I never I've never um, seen or read them. Um, oh, the books are great. Um, the movies are fine because, but I, I love historical action shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like something that I'm into. So, um, and and that may very well be because I saw Indian Jones at a young age. That's so probably what got me into it. Um, okay. So I love shit like this. It's why I love. I don't, did you guys ever play the Uncharted video games? No, but I have them, and I've just never played. Oh, them. dude, you gotta play them. So, it's like it, it's like playing. It's like you're in Indiana Jones. All right, then it's I'm into it. It's, ba- it's basically what it is. Um, except you get except you get to shoot people. I've uh, I've fallen out of video games, unfortunately. But I uh, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, the same thing happened, and I played The Last of Us and got like right back into it. So yeah, I'm not a big gamer, but um, when I, when my leg was broken like six years ago, my um, 
boss lent me his PS3, I guess it was at the time, and and I beat like the first three games, and nice. and then I also watch his house when he goes away on vacation. So then I played the game since then. Nice. They just came out with the movie, and I actually just watched it. Oh, it's out already. It's, the movie with yeah. Tom Holland. It's got the the dude with from Spider Man. Yeah, Tom Marky Holland, Marky Mark. Marky Mark, Marky Mark. Yeah. I didn't even know it was out already. Wow. But Uncharted. It's not. Yeah. It, it's not. If you play the games, it's it's a decent standalone movie. If you've never played the games, so if you played the games, it's a total disappointment. Oh, okay. Mm. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. It's all right. Cool. Indian Jones, great movie. You got to give me your best um, junior as Sean Connery. Junior. <laughs> Oh, he's so good. I like that they both get seduced by the same lady. <laughs> Indiana was the dog. Wait, right. uh, who picks that? That oh, was Pete. Pete. That was his blockbuster pick. All right, blockbuster. All right, Sean, that brings us to you. Ooh, I think I want to follow Pete in blockbuster. With... I think you have followed me in a blockbuster before. Write down all my good movies, <laughs> and I'm gonna go with a little movie called Lethal Weapon 2. Ooh. Oh, damn it! Ooh. I knew that was gonna steal Vinny's heart. I think we talked about this movie pretty recently. I, I think you picked uh, it on the previous list. Yeah, I definitely because I love this movie. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, uh, I, I thought about you know, this maybe could have fallen under action or comedy or. This movie's got it all. Or mm-hmm. drama. It's on my drama list as a backup. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's the same shit. Uh, Riggs and Murtaugh are trying to take down some drug dealers. Uh, only these drug dealers have automatic weapons and helicopters. Sons of bitches. And they're racist. Yeah. Goddamn <laughs> South Africans. And they, got a, they got away with toilets. Is this the one that starts the with the flamethrower guy? No, that's the fourth one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. What is the thing? They're, they're smuggling cocaine in, and it's like the toilet seat is cocaine or something? No. No, no. That's no. always they're sunny. The they rig the toilet. They rig oh, the, the, oh, the toilet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have that whole emotional scene between Briggs and Mertal. Oh, no. The toilet, the, the toilet seat's cocaine is uh, the league, not always sunny. Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay. <laughs> The number three highest grossing movie of 1989. Well, yeah, I was kind of surprised by that, but uh, also not really because this movie's awesome. It's uh, definitely the best in the franchise as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I love the first one because of Gary Busey, but this one like it really uh, establishes the Riggs and Murtaugh relationship. Um, the... The first, the first one was Becky. much more serious. The comedy comes into this one brilliantly with the buddy cop stuff. It's, uh, it's a gem. Is he pulls the... the house down with his pickup truck. Yeah, out of sheer <laughs> anger. Is this the first one with Rene Russo? No, that's the third one. Jesus, I don't, I don't know if I've seen this one then. Yeah, you have. This is the one with uh, Hans from Muddy Ducks. Diplomatic community. Oh, God, I can't even remember. We're not cops today, Raj. Oh yeah, we did talk about this yeah. recently. I yeah. love. Um, he says something I, uh, ridiculous like, "We're gonna fuck him." <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get him, Raj. We're gonna get him. We're gonna fuck him. Well, that sounds like something uh, he would say. <laughs> um, no, but just a, a quick sidebar on the whole like South African thing. 
because everyone knows how, you know, white South Africans, they're bad people. I've been there. They're racist still. Um, but uh, my, one of my favorite comedians, Jim Jeffries, is an Australian stand-up, and uh, he does this bit about um, being stuck at the airport. He'd been downgraded from first class to the coach on a flight back to the, to the States from South Africa. And he's like, he's telling me, he's talking about how he's yelling at the, the person at the, the flight desk. And like, sir, sir, stop yelling. I've done nothing wrong. He's like, are you a white South African? Tell me that you've done nothing wrong. This <laughs> good stuff. Anyway. Um, yeah, white South Africans, not good people. No. Apartheid. Great. Hot, uh, should, hot takes. Should, should, should be villains in more movies. Yeah. Um, I forget the his name in this movie but Hans when he kills the dude in the white plastic and his, his number two henchman is standing on the plastic and he's like oh just making sure or making sure he's not standing on plastic while he's conversing with him it, there's, there's just so much so much gold one thing uh, Cicino always liked to quote this movie to me when he's like he goes into the uh, uh, Riggs no 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 Murtaugh goes into the South African embassy. And he's like, "Hey, brother, I want to go to Africa, go back to the motherland." And the guy is like, "But, but, sir, you're black. You're black." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, what? So?" Anyway, great movie. Great stuff. All right. Well, now I feel obliged to continue with the blockbuster. And I'm going to go with the number one blockbuster of 1989. Highest grossing, mo- shown in the most theaters domestically of 1989. I'm going with Tim Burton's Batman. Boo. That was mine. <laughs> uh, I mean, there's not much we can say about this. this uh, we, we talked about it on multiple episodes. We know it's a great movie. Um, I, I was surprised to see that it was the highest grossing and the most theaters domestically. I, I thought this one like started out really slow and then maybe caught on later, like upon VHS release or something. I, I thought this didn't get a hot start, but I guess I was wrong on that. Well, there was lots of criticism, as we've discussed before, with with them casting Michael Keaton. Yeah, yeah. Um, nobody which thought of course, it which of course turned out to be unfounded. But he but was get... stand up, and he and and had only done comedy before this. So, but we 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 talked about the the marketing campaign for this, and then I guess since there was such a long hiatus from um, the nineteen sixties Batman to have a feature length movie in eighty nine. Maybe that just caught a lot of attention, but I mean, it's great. Tim Burton's vision of Gotham City and Batman and the characters and uh, the Joker as the villain was just incredible with uh, Jack Nicholson. I mean, yeah. Uh, he, had, he had to have been the draw, like the big draw for people to see this. Yes. So Tim, Tim Burton wasn't a household name yet. No. You know? No, yeah, he, he definitely had to be the draw. I don't know if and, the if the the like trailers and stuff were centered around him, or if there was, uh, you know, who knows what was going on with, with billboards and stuff back then. 
the other thing you got to think about, you know, 1989, they're not releasing, like right now, you go to a movie theater and it's showing 12 movies. Back then, they're not, there's not a movie theater showing more than five movies. Yeah. This was probably in theaters for like six months. You know? Yeah, sure. And people, and, and, and people see a preview and either want to see it or they hear about it word of mouth. It's not like they're going on YouTube and watching trailers. So that's another thing just as, as far as like how this was so high grossing is that a lot of it is probably just people talking about it. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a a landslide. Like, so Batman did 251 mil. Indiana Jones was number two at 197 mil. Lethal Weapon 2 at 147 mil. Like, I mean, it uh, it, it dominated that year. Mm. All right. I mean, I, I don't have anything. I, I just don't feel like I need to talk about it anymore. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only Great problem. It's the only problem with these lists and stuff. We always end up same places. I mean, uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. But, I mean, there's other stuff that we haven't talked about. There's other stuff that we're going to get into that we haven't talked about. But Well, I'm going to finish off the blockbusters with what, to my surprise, was number seven in that domestic box office for 1989 list 112 million number seven behind two movies that i wouldn't even have thought were in the top 20 yeah um, oh kids but also shown in the most theaters which is interesting. yeah that is yeah um ghostbusters 2 for my blockbuster 112 million um not that that really matters, but just kind of shocking. Um, this movie to this day still gets a lot of hate. A lot of people don't like the second one. Really? Yeah. I know that. Yeah, it's it's a big deal. Dumb people. Yeah, I you love this dumb one. People. Vigo. This this to me is in my category of one two punches with sequels. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the, I love the idea that. They've saved the city of New York, and they're already down on their luck. Like, the city has basically took a shit on them because there's still the people that are skeptics, and then they kind of put themselves out of business in a way. Um, you, you got the same squad from the first one, so it's, you know, you're not losing any uh, comedy or star power. You saw Murray Aykroyd, Ramis, um, uh, Scorny Weaver's back. Uh, you add Peter McNichol. Um, as the the weird little art um, restorer guy, and then the river of slime, which is just making the city tear itself apart. I love this movie. The soundtrack is great. Mm-hmm. Freaking Bobby Brown, Dougie Fresh. Um, it's it's a great culmination of the decade movie. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And then you know they. Freaking bring the Statue of Liberty to life? Come on. I thought that that Come was, I thought on. I saw this and I thought that it was mobile. <laughs> I thought that that was that was like a thing. thing it could do. It's just been strapped down for a couple of years. Yeah, I thought it was like I thought it was like an emergency protocol for New York. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this movie. So much fun. So many good one-liners. So much just 
yeah, like piggybacking off the original. The original did its thing, and now they went a, a, almost a completely different direction with it. They almost made it a full bore, like, new movie. Um, I love it. I love it. Agreed. I actually, and I actually think that um, uh, Venkman, our favorite Venkman, Peter Venkman, Bill Murray, brings because there was all these rumors about him being kind of like absent from the first one that he didn't really want to be there. I think he brings it back, brings a lot of comedy, a, a lot of fun into this one. Um, now that he knew that he was making money, um, so there's that. Courtney Weaver has a kid. Nobody knows who the father is. Yeah, like the greatest mystery of our time um, is the kid. Uh, I all I have to say about this movie really is that I have a screen printed tapestry of Vigo the Carpathian on my wall that I'm looking at right now. Great. So. <laughs> he is Vigo. When he when Vigo turns. Peter McNichol into like the Wicked Witch thing that used to scare the shit out of me as a kid. Dude, that is frightening. Like, like I don't know what it and was. And the, eye, the eyes, are yeah, like bright white. That whole movie, I'm fine, and then that part would just be like, ugh, creepy. Yep. The um, the River of Slime. Like, what a cool, cool premise. Yeah. Like that New York was so shitty that all this negative energy just built up and created this river of slime, and it's just making people absolute assholes. Mm. <laughs> And this one has the uh, the iconic uh, uh, courtroom scene. Yes, with with the Scolari brothers. Oh, uh, what's uh Oh, Rick Moranis returns, obviously. Um, yeah, as the lawyer. What's he say? He's like, um, he's like, he's doing like the worst job defending them in court. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, sure, the blackout was a mistake. <laughs> I, I can't remember the line. I'm sorry. It's good oh, shit yeah. though. He's just he's just like the worst lawyer though, and it's great. It, like the, to the point where he looks over at Venkman to ask him advice. <laughs> like, uh, fun. I don't know why it gets the hate it gets. I haven't seen the new one yet. I've heard mixed reviews on that, and I heard there is a new animated one coming out or something like that. No, I'm not. I'm not interested. I didn't know about this one getting hate though. Like that's yeah weird to me. It's been one of those things where people like love it or hate it. I don't know why. That's my blockbuster. All right. <laughs> it brings us back shoot, to Pete, shoot, right? Shooting back to me. I got a bit of a dilemma here. But, um, I guess I'll, I guess I'm going to knock out my family. Okay. Because, What's funny about the the Ghostbusters is that I had it in like on different levels in like three different categories because it's technically a horror movie, it's also a family movie, it's also a comedy. Um, but since I only had two other movies written down for family, I'm gonna talk about Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Nice, another good Rick Moranis. Movie. And uh just good fun this movie is, isn't it? Good good adventure. Uh, uh technically 
this movie could be in science fiction, I guess, right? Yeah, it yeah, could sure. go a lot of ways. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's working on. I don't really know why. I don't. I, I. I. I haven't watched this movie in years. I don't really remember why he's trying to shrink things. I think he's just an inventor. There was some kind, kind of, like of practicality, problem. like. Ah, shit, it was something weird, like the shrink luggage or something. What I remember is being completely terrified by, like, the the grass scene. With the ant? Like, they're they're in the grass, the ants. But the ants are their friends. The ants are cool. But then they're mowing the lawn. Yeah. They're, like, about to be sucked into the blade. And, like, the grass looked so real. Like the like whatever they did in this movie for effects was pretty good for the time. Well, that was all that was all set design and like practical. Like they yeah. were they were running around the studio with like these huge blades of grass. Like, like they built rubber blades of grass yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. This was a um, this movie was on the the bee was scary. That was what it was. The ant was their friend. Yeah. The bee was scary. That didn't scare me. This movie was on TV every summer, on like NBC or something, and I couldn't miss it. Like, I watched it every summer for at least 10 years. Oh, and yeah. if I missed it, I probably would have been really pissed off. Yeah, it's just one of those really good, fun movies that, um, you know, they did the sequel with Honey, I Blew Up the Kids, where they had that other guy play. Yeah. I think he's supposed to be the same guy, but... It's not good. <laughs> um, yeah, the baby marching around town like Godzilla just not not good but yeah I mean um, I, I can't imagine anybody not seeing this movie this is like a movie I'm like everyone's seen this movie right I mean any youngsters listening yeah. maybe haven't seen it but they but if you are one of them youngsters you better watch it because it's fun stuff Rick Moranis I mean he's an American treasure he he stopped acting because his wife died of cancer and he wanted his kids to like live a normal life, and so he just like had him you know he had enough money from acting and he just like raised his kids like a, a dad and and then he got punched by some random guy and got mugged in New York a couple of years ago and people freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, but I hope to, I would love for him to come back. I mean, I mean like I always think about like. Not that he's the first person you would think about to be put in one of his movies, but Quentin Tarantino always digs people up out of nowhere. What if Rick Moranis ends up in a Quentin Tarantino movie? <laughs> be, that'd be very that'd be odd cool. uh, pairing. Tarantino's last movie starring Rick Moranis. <laughs> the Rick Moranis story. Isn't he like a pretty it's accomplished all, it's all like about a, the He's like a pretty accomplished musician too, isn't he? Rick Moranis? Yeah. I think he does if like he is, country or that. something like that. Yeah, his, he's got role, his role in the first Ghostbusters alone, so good. Just like, he, all right, I, who like, brought gotta, the dog? That's got to be ad A lot of that shit. I mean, it just it just it plays off too natural for it to be written. Yes, have mean? some. Yeah, I I feel like that was just an ad lib. Like nobody's like, would you like some coffee? Would I like some coffee? Yes, have some. Yes, yeah. have some. Like. <laughs> It is. It's it's just it just so natural, like the way it happens. 
Was he what, what, what was, was he a stand-up? Was he anything like? What? He was. I don't know that he was a stand-up. He was an improv guy. He used to be on like the okay. Canadian version of Saturday Night Live, basically. Um, S- oh, SCTV. SCTV. Yeah. yeah, it was like him. Living Color was the way in front of him. Uh, Dave Thomas, Eugene Levy. Uh, Dave Thomas of, of Wendy's? Thing? No, not that Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, <laughs> has a, he has a billion parts for 40 seconds in a billion movies. <laughs> Got it. But, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sean, you alive over there? Yep. All right. I, I, the, the, the conversation was flowing. I didn't want to uh, ah. jump in. Uh, it was a great movie. This is a movie I haven't watched in a long time. Well, it's your turn, Bubba. I feel like all, every movie we're talking about is a movie that, aside from the two that I watched for this list, just as just as a, a one I had never seen before, I'll probably talk about it in discards. But, um, the Abyss was the other one. But a lot of these movies are movies I'm like, I really need to watch that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep following you, Pete. I like what you're laying down. <laughs> I want you to lay uh, down on me. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, I am going to, for my family pick, choose Uncle Buck. Oh, damn it. All right. I, I, I have seen it was my It was my number one for my comedy. A thousand times. So good. Never seen this movie. What? Not even oh, once. My Are you God. serious, dude? All right, well, that dude. is your homework when you get home. You go home, you, you smoke a bowl. This, like, this is I gotta, a great lay in bed movie i gotta work at 6 a.m i can't be doing nothing i just gotta go to sleep when i get home because by the time we're done recording it'll be 2 a.m wait hold on a sec sean are you there Did we i think sean got disconnected Uh-oh. he just texted me oh, my phone... we hung up on ah him. damn it my friend says pete and sean but yeah it says ad call Boo. all right hold on audience we got technical difficulty get this all fixed up What happened there? I don't, I don't know. know. That was weird. You were there, and then you weren't. My, I don't know. My, no, my call was just gone. Huh. I thought maybe your phone died. Nah. Uh, shit. Uh, huh. Welcome back. Yeah, Uncle Buck. Welcome back. Yeah, Uncle Buck. This is one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, it's a movie I've rewatched to this day. Uh... John Candy's is kind of down on his luck guy, uh, estranged from his brother and his wife and kids, and they have a family emergency and they need to, they can't find anybody else to watch the kids. So, uh, Buck goes and does it, and hilarity ensues. Um, the young Macaulay Culkin, I don't know what it is, maybe one of his first roles. Yeah. Um, you know, John Hughes movie, a lot of back and forth dialogue between him and the kids, and it's just, yeah, it's so funny. The oldest, uh, uh, the teenage girl, yeah, you know, like all, all the sass between her and, and Uncle Buck is just great. The uh, there's a great, uh, I I mean, I still to this day think it's a driller killer reference. It might have just been like a psycho uncle thing, but I'm pretty sure it was a driller killer. Uh, reference there with, at the end. What's he do? The well, so he's being protective of the the teenage niece and the guy she's into. Uh, 
is hooking up with some girl at a party and Uncle Buck thinks he's hooking up with the niece and he like busts through the door and has like a huge power drill <laughs> and like it's just like him and like the light like, like with the power drill but it ends up he was just a sleazeball hooking up with some other girl oh jeez sleazy boys uh, he he threatens him with the, the hatchet too that he pulls yeah. out of his trunk yeah <laughs> I shave his kneecap I loved this movie when I was young I love it now that I'm am an uncle to two young nieces that I may have to be doing things like that someday <laughs> um but I love that this movie it really it's and it's a thing that I feel like was perfected at the, at this time um in that it's a family movie but there's definitely lots of undertones that are like for the adults watching that like uh, yeah. go over the kid like perfectly go over the kids heads that they won't even think about um the whole, whole thing that he's like basically just like a degenerate gambler um my, my, my the thing that I've always the one quote that I always love about the movie is when he's talking to the um his sister-in-law and he's just like he's like well yeah he's like I'm off I'm off uh I'm off cigarettes now and I'm onto the pipe tobacco <laughs> and, the, and he's like he's like you know and then I'll go to cigars and then I'll stop and I'll go to the Nicorette gum and then I'll start on cigarettes again and he's just like talking about how he has like this rotation it's hilarious <laughs> Um, yeah. The Can stuff with uh, with uh, Buck's uh, romantic interest girlfriend. Yes, right? is, is a yeah. full blown girlfriend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, even though it's you're supposed to believe that it's casual, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, this when I think of John Candy, this is the most iconic role for I think of. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know about that. I mean, it's it's the one it's it's one of the first ones where they were like, "This is yours." Like, what's not playing trains and automobiles because he doesn't have a second. Yeah, I mean, um, the great outdoors and summer rental. Yeah, great outdoors is great. Summer rental's great. Uh, I'm a huge yeah. fan of Who's Harry Crumb. I don't think that movie gets enough love. And Delirious might be my favorite John Candy movie. Okay. Yeah, this is a classic. Well done, Sean. Cleaning up on the family, taking my pick. All right. Should I continue with the family? Yeah, I think I'm safe. What 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 are you writing? You don't gotta write it down. I'm just I don't know. I'm moving. And <laughs> they like you're about to write the the pick down and hand it to me. All right, I'll continue with the family slash uh, kids movie, and I'm gonna go with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's '89. Oh yeah, I didn't see it on anything. Wow, I didn't even notice. So it. very strange. Didn't show up on a single list, and I have no idea why. Hmm. What are you put that under? Uh, family movies. Very strange. Yeah, I saw, I saw the same thing. I didn't see this come up anywhere. But then when I looked, it showed up on like one random uh, list. Oh no, it showed up on the on the the not billboard, 
it showed up on the highest grossing films list. I was like, I don't think this is 89. I didn't see it anywhere. And I looked. It is, in fact, 89. December 1st, 1989. Hmm. Anyway. Right, right before the end of the year, maybe. That's why. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is my favorite Christmas movie. Um, it, it, I, I think it is... I, I couldn't put a number on it, but it, it's one of the top comedies of all time for me i mean endlessly quotable uh similar to when we did the 1992 uh episode with dumb and dumber i mean i can just quote this thing from start to finish it is so fun when christmas season comes along i'm bringing the christmas vacation quotes to work and using them all over place and people are having fun with it and quoting it back it, it it's iconic it's so fun chevy chase is on his on his game on this, um, I don't know. I mean, like, what else can you say about Christmas Vacation? It is a boatload of Christmas debauchery and fun. Family issues. Like, I think that's where we get probably a lot of our laughs as we can relate to the mm-hmm. family stuff going on, the stress of Christmas, the stress of working around Christmas. All, all that stuff. It's, it's relatable, and that's what makes it so funny. And the family members, you can... Be watching it with your family. I'm like, oh yeah, like you know, that's so and so in our family and all that. It's very it, very well written and another John Hughes movie. Yeah, I mean, he's the goat, right? I mean, apparently, <laughs> did he write say anything too? I don't know. I'm pretty did. sure. Yeah. Did he do say anything? Yeah. I mean, he's he's the freaking goat. Home Alone. Ferris Bueller. Pretty all of, pink, all of the, all I'll, of I'll the bad pack. Yeah, well, that was their deal. Now, say, say anything was Cameron Crowe. Oh, okay. But anyway, yeah, John Hughes. This is probably the, the best, like, uh, Randy Quaid uh, performance ever. <laughs> Outside of, like, Independence Day. Yeah, Independence Day is pretty good. <laughs> Tell my children I love them. <laughs> I like... Uh, Oh, aunt. Um, what's her name? The the old aunt, Bethany. Yeah, the, aunt Bethany. Yeah. That's a uh, Betty Boop's voice from. Oh, is it? The day. Yeah. Don't you throw me down, Clark? <laughs> is this the airport, uh, Clark? Is Rusty still in the Navy, Clark? <laughs> this is a real nice surprise. Just a real <laughs> nice surprise. Wouldn't be more surprised if I woke up with my head sewn to the carpet. All right. I'm going to go. I've been just going way off of everyone else's picks here. I'm going to action. Because if there's one thing in this life that I love, what is it? Swayze? Patrick goddamn Swayze. My action pick, 1989. One of the greatest action movies to ever grace this earth. Roadhouse. The I'm double douche. You, I'm surprised you didn't do this sooner just to make sure you cleaned it as your own. No, I feel like everyone knew to steer clear of the Swayze pick. Um, it's goddamn Roadhouse. I didn't I, even put it on my list yeah. for that reason. Yeah, that's if, why I if you don't, if you haven't listened to the show, just go back. Certainly not you for could, lack of love. Yeah, you could probably pick any episode and listen to me talk about Swayze at least two or three times. 
it's freaking Roadhouse. He's the best cooler in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, he is so cool in this movie. Like, it's seeing Patrick Swayze sit naked on the roof of a barn smoking a cigarette that makes me like, I should probably smoke cigarettes more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. that cool. Like, it's these are terrible for me. But look how cool he looks. He just... Well, you got to add the naked on top of him. Well, yeah, he had the sexes with the lady. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, I'm going to sneak out the window here for a cigarette. And then he just lays on the roof there and like looks at the stars. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but just like the, the awesome... So the gentleman doesn't smoke inside. That's right. The awesome like 80s clubs that we'll never, ever experience. Like the nightclub as it was in, in like the eighties and maybe even their nineties a little bit, but like our generation will never know that life. Cause by the time I was 21, at least, I mean, the clubs were not, um, oh, house music. Yeah. Like there was no, the, you could get the cover band, but you weren't getting yeah, I like, nothing to yeah, do with the club. Right. You weren't getting like the rowdy, just debaucherous clubs so much anymore. It was more like, yeah, like the we're here to dance and we're gonna do drugs, whatever the hell they were doing, ecstasy and stuff. But, oh, yeah. but man, Roadhouse, it's Roadhouse, it's Roadhouse. I thought you would have gone um, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. I mean, Sam Elliott. I think might be cooler than Swayze. No, this. absolutely not. But he did teach Swayze everything he knows. <laughs> uh, next to Ken, I still haven't seen. What? I still what haven't doing? seen it. I can't find it. I got to get it. Did you go on the Just Watch app? Yeah. Not sure anyone? No, no. Um, but Steel Dong. Dude, is... next to Ken's good. You're going to take that. I, I know Steel I'm going to. Steel Dong. It's uh, <laughs> the rarely seen sequel to Steel Dong. How do I see next to Ken? I don't know. I wonder if I have the DVD. I mean, I've I've seen it and I like it. Like that's got to be a part of. Did you Swayze did you thing. rent it? Perhaps. I know I you're more have. prone to rent things than me, especially if I'm really into it. It is streaming on a bunch of stuff for yeah, three ninety nine. Hmm. Um, I always like to point out this movie features Terry Funk. The Funker. Oh. I don't know. I don't One of the greatest worry. jobbers pro wrestling has ever known. What are you talking about? This man, that man was a champion. He was the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion, the ECW World's I'm, Heavyweight I'm, Champion. I'm not using the term jobber as a as as a bad. I'm just saying that he worked. A jobber like uh, Goldust is uh, Dustin Randles is is a jobber. He's he you're comparing Terry Funk. To Dustin Ronald? <laughs> Are you high? Are you high? <laughs> I, I, no, well, if I was to choose, if I had to choose one as a better in-ring performer, it's, it's Dustin Ronald. Dude, it's the Funker all the way. The man did a moonsault when he was like seventy years old. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> but, but I think that to this day, Dusty's doing. Some of, I mean, he's he's performing uh, Canadian destroyers. Is he? I I haven't seen him in the ring. In AEW, oh, I, yeah, I, like it, I feel like he doesn't wrestle. No, he does. Oh, okay. It, 
whether it maybe it's on AEW Dark or whatever. But oh, okay, all right. Um, but was no, he? But I mean, but was he in Roadhouse? I don't use the term. John. Was he in Roadhouse? Mean, if, I, if I say someone's a, a, a one of the greatest jobbers of all time, I don't mean somebody that was in the ring twice and never saw again. I mean people that worked and worked and worked and just had to lose to get people over. I mean that was Goldust had his Intercontinental title reign, but other than that, he was a jobber. Yeah, but Terry Funk was a world heavyweight champion. He had the flaming brand from Double Cross Ranch in Amarillo, Texas. He was Living also, legend. Terry he was Funk. also in the match where uh, <laughs> Mick Foley lit himself on fire. Yeah, he got choke slammed out of his C, shoes. The C four. Oh no, I'm thinking of. Uh, I thought you were gonna say the Hell in a Cell, where he runs down. And then Undertaker oh, yeah, he runs choke down. slams that, him out of his shoes. <laughs> he was just there as, I guess, like support. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about Roadhouse and Terry Funk. I'll let it go. Uh, well, Roadhouse is one of my favorite movies of all time. What is? Roadhouse. Okay. Uh, yeah. He rips that guy's throat out. One of my favorite. I mean, that is the very much the well-deserved number one pick for action of 1989. I will still forever to this day not understand why she's mad that he ripped that guy's throat out. The guy was going to kill him. He used to fuck guys like him in prison, he said. What do you think was going to happen? Had to rip his you throat out. Ever watched the, you guys ever watched the Parks and Rec scene where Chris Pratt reenacts that scene for Breadhouse? No. <laughs> but oh, I'll make God, it a point to funny. see. Yeah, the, the TV, he, he ripped the cable box, or he ripped the a power cord of the TV out or something or the TV died so he has to reenact stuff in front of all these people and he's reenacting Roadhouse <laughs> hilarious anyway alright so we're starting at the all top right. of the order before we get into that let's do a quick intermission well I'll do my promo for Swayze Night <laughs> okay because I would like to uh, do a second episode beer I don't know if Sean and Pete if you want to oblige have something I can do that in honor of I have, I have bags of random beers next to me. We had trash bags of beer. It's like when we were kids, no, used to buy them out of the back of the bar. Bags. Yeah, what did we get tonight? Oh, a trash bag full of Mick Ultra. All right, whatever. How much was that? $50. All right. Um, so, what I'm trying to do, this is for anyone listening, and you two especially Patrick Swayze party, July. 7th and 8th, all day. All day affairs, right? We'll just get like some some pizzas, some food, bunch of cheap beer, and we'll just go down the line. All Swayze, all day. Come if you can. Stay as long as you can. Come back. I don't care. We're going to run it 48 hours straight. I will stay awake somehow. I, uh, I just love this idea of people like coming and going. Not like a full-on house party, but just like people stopping by, catching some of a movie, catching a movie, whatever. I'm going to do it. Whether people show up or not, there will be Swayze all day the 7th and 8th. Tight pants only. Oh, definitely. I could make make time for that. I fucking love Patrick Swayze. Yeah, like even if you come down for a couple drinks, we'll get some food. I mean, it's just going to be... I'll leave the door open. Just walk in as you may. <laughs> if you know my address, you can come. If you really want to come, get up, hit me up on the Instagram NL Cipher. Um, 
I guess you can use my Facebook too, even though I don't really use it, but I'll check the messages if it comes through. But I just, there's so much good Swayze to watch. And there's maybe a handful. They're like, eh, this isn't really like the best movie to watch with like a bunch of people. But other than that, like I'm not putting Donnie Darko on, right? I'm not going to put on North and South, but Roadhouse. Point Break, Steel Dawn, Red Dawn, Next of Kin, Ghost, Dirty Dancing. Uh, well, like, are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is anybody even here? Am I talking to myself? Nope. All right. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. But yeah, July 7th and 8th. Hit me up, NL Cipher, Instagram, or hit up the Killer Pod Matter Space Instagram. Let Vinny know. If you're a stranger, come make friends with us first because I'm not letting you in my house. <laughs> we'll have a you beer. You don't know the secret handshake. Yeah. Well, we'll have a beer at Root Down oh, and yeah. I'll, I'll decide Road if I'll give you an ocular pat, pat down and I'll let you know if you're cool or not. I'm sure my neighbors are going to love it too. <laughs> we did this similar the first year of COVID. We had a um, metal and beer fest was like the weekend of all the shutdowns. So I was like, well, screw it. Why don't I'm off? Like, why don't I just do metal and beer at my house? We'll just listen to metal all day and drink beer. And I got loaded. Um, only like a handful of people came through, but it was still fun. But all day, all night, I woke up to someone knocking at my door at about three in the morning. Um, my stereo was still blasting at like, I don't even know what I was listening to at that point. <laughs> I woke up, I got off the couch. Once the knocking, somebody. once the once the knocking stopped, I turned everything off and I went to sleep. And the next day, I just put a note on my door, like, "Sorry about that. It won't happen again. It's COVID's crazy. It's got me <laughs> all freaked out." <laughs> and to this day, nobody has ever brought it up. Or same building and all, like nobody's ever brought it back up. But. I actually, you know what happened? I think I ended up power hour in that night too. I think that's because those people died of COVID. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> but look, they're lucky that it was just uh, some loud music that they had to deal with. I'm sure it could be a lot worse. <laughs> loud, loud death metal at 3 a.m. I'm sure it was a great night for everybody. I legit, I think I might have started at like 11 in the morning too. It was wild. I had like a case of Gansett Pounders. I uh, ended up Skyping with Vestibule, and we did like a power hour through it. We did like horror movie power hour, and I just got lit. It was, it was great. <laughs> nice. You guys don't sound excited at all. I'm sorry. No, I love them. I, 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 I guess I, I don't expect to see either of you at Sweet. Well, Sean said he would come, so. What, a Swayze night? Yeah. I'm going to do my best to be there. Oh, seventh and eighth. You got two. You got two days to do it. It's a Thursday and a Friday. Friday's probably going to be the bigger day. But, right. And by bigger day, I mean like maybe three people will show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people were messing with me. It's going to be up three. Yeah. That is funny. I put it up on the, the Insta, and apparently Vinny got some messages from like strangers like when and where. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's hosting this? I was like, Jeff at his apartment? Yeah. Apartment. yeah. This is a private affair. But if, like I said, if you really want to come, just get to know me at Root Down real quick. Happy five years Bring to them. Bring your own seat. Oh, yeah, I only have a, a couch and a chair, so. 
you guys got um, part two or second half episode beers ready or what? Yeah. I am opening a Modelo as we speak. Oh, Modelo. Very nice. Uh, in the honor Thomas. of the the last pick, uh, me and Jeff have uh, from Georgetown Brewing Company, we featured one of their beers before the uh, Johnny Utah. This is the War Child IPA, and it is a reference to uh, Back Off War Child from Point Break, Swayze. And I don't know if Georgetown like just does these random... Point Break beers or Swayze beers or what? But this is this is two in a row we've had from them. They're paying respect. We've only had two beers from Georgetown Brewing Company, but both have been Point Break references, and I appreciate it. They're showing their respect to the king. Sean, what do you got? Uh, I got a beer from Upstate New York, Paradox Brewery, Beaver Overbite Imperial IPA. Oh, this beer is uh, good. I didn't. I was just up in the Catskills, and I did not buy it up there, but uh, saw it locally and picked it up. Damn, this this beer from this Warchild is nice. Back off, Warchild. He's with me. The uncredited Anthony Kiedis appearance. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get shot in the foot. That sucks. Who, uh, man, have you guys seen that guy lately? Nah. Nah. Not looking good. Like a, if anybody's ever looked like a pedo, oh wow, it's him. Look like a what? Pedo. Ah, pedophile. That's weird. Why? <laughs> I just feel like, uh, yeah, some people look good with a mustache, some people don't. Mm. Hopefully, he's and not. We don't. Mm. Well, sorry, Anthony Kiedis. Shave your mustache. All right, Pete, you up? <laughs> I'm up. And I'm going to drop my comedy. The first comedy. The actor that I've expressed my love for a lot, I think, on this podcast before. Tom Hanks. The Burbs. Yes. Not my pick, unfortunately. But I love this movie. Man, this movie's so much fun. And he's got, um, you know... He's got the support of our princess. Yes, his beautiful wife, Princess Larry Carrie Fisher. Um, this movie has a lot of like, oh yeah, like it, a lot of people you recognize. Bruce Dern, uh, Corey Feldman. Feld Dog. Um, ton of people you recognize in this movie. Um, neighbors move in. Uh, he's got a week off work. Wants to just lounge and relax in his PJs, and hilarity ensues. Mm. He thinks basically thinks the neighbors are like completely evil. Well, it's not him; it's everyone else. And then they eventually, eventually they pull yeah. him into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The neighbor, I'm sure I've mentioned this before, Henry Gibson, uh, my buddy's uncle. Oh yeah, yeah, Roxborough native and this is really um right at the cusp of tom hanks career another movie i won't say what it is in case anybody picks it it also came out this year which could fit in multiple categories on this list 
but it's like after this, um, he he goes full on drama. I mean, I don't know if he's really done many comedies since uh, the nineties. The Lady Killers, I mean, the Lady Killers, the uh, Coen Brothers movie. Um, no, never seen it. But um, but but what but what I do love is that he is that people have the respect because he's you know hosted SNL a million times. One of my favorite hosts. I actually have the and, best of. Oh, so good. Yeah, so I love good. it. When he does the Sabra prices, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, so good. No, 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 no. Uh, no I said he's like Sony guts. He's like Sony guts. I re- I honestly think I think the three greatest hosts. I'm just gonna say three greatest hosts of all time are him. Walken and Alec Baldwin. Well, Baldwin did a lot be. too, yeah. Do you know who um, is notoriously the worst SNL? Steven host? Seagal. Correctamundo. <laughs> Jeez, how did I know? <laughs> and I've heard it's because he refused. He would refuse to do anything that would make him look dumb. That's why. Yeah. He wouldn't do anything karate related. He wouldn't do anything like. He wasn't prepared, so he was really struggling reading the. Um, the the cues uh everybody on set hated them which i didn't realize until recently i was like watching like a youtube compilation like in the closing like none of the snl cast would stand even remotely near him during the like the send-off like where they're saying goodbye they're, like high five and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah like they wouldn't even stand near him they hated him. <laughs> it had to have been. It had to have been like '92, probably for Under Siege. Uh, it was before Under Siege. I think it was like based off of the success of uh, Above the Law. Oh, okay. Um. Not that I need to promote another podcast, but I, I listened to this podcast that's called Fly on the Wall. It's Dana Carvey and David Spade. Oh, that sounds and the fun. whole thing the whole thing is focused around SNL and every episode their guest is either a person who's hosted or been a cast member or a writer um, so it's just if you're into kind of like inside baseball and comedy and SNL I recommend it they they've yeah, just slow, slightly broached the subject of this um, Steven Seagal thing but they're <laughs> respectable people and they don't want to talk shit on somebody so they don't really talk about it much it's funny when i don't want to go on a side tangent here but uh when you think about two guys like dana carvey and david spade and you think about like their acting careers and what and their their acting careers weren't the greatest they're kind of hokey in their own little way they had success but spade more so yeah the their minds are so brilliant for comedy Absolutely. Like, it doesn't always translate through them, but you know, like, some of the stuff they wrote on SNL was... Like, the... um, I know Spade's writing partner was Farley, so, like, Mm -hmm. that was probably killer stuff. And then, I don't know if Carvey wrote with anybody, but, like, you know just the stuff... Like, you could see what Carvey wrote most of the time. Like, you kind of know his his quirky kind of sense of humor. That's why I like this. That's why I like this podcast because it's, it's just the two of them. I mean, plus whoever the guest is, but um, you know, you get it inside their minds a little bit. And uh, I mean, I'm I've always been obsessed with SNL. I still watch it to this day. Wow. Um, whether it's you know, it's so it's so much more hit or miss now. 
you know that whole that whole early nineties era. Uh, it was killing. You know, Everything it was, was killing. It was the, crit- the critics. The, the critics said that it was terrible, and then of course once all of them were no longer on the show, they're like, "Oh no, this is like golden era." Yeah, it was brilliant. It's like, yeah, of course it, it is because because now you look at it and you're like, "Oh, Adam Sandler makes a million movies. Chris Farley makes a million movies. Like whatever." But anyway, um, the Burbs featuring. Oh yeah, Tom we're Hanks, talking about the Burbs. <laughs> one of the greatest hosts of SNL ever. Um, and just generally who is recognized as one of the best people ever. Um, you know, fantastic comedy should also be in the horror if you really wanted to squeeze it in there. Um, I'd fight for it. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely dark, uh, not even super dark, but just like a, it's not straight, it's not straight comedy. It's dark. Yeah. A lot of it's dark. Um, but yeah, a lot of black. uh, Yeah. Black. It's good. It's good. Right on, man. Great pick. I love that movie so much. I dig it. All right, Sean. Ooh, that leaves me. You ready? Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be controversial. Ooh. Oh, boy. Because I did not think of it as a action film, but there's there's enough meat on the bones that I think it fits. So for my action pick, I'm going to go see no evil, hear no evil. With Kane? No. Yeah, this is a Richard Pryor, Gene Wilder movie, and it, it and Kevin uh, Spacey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's, uh, I don't it falls action. So there's a lot of chasing going on. So there is. Wait, where did you put this comedy? No, you no, put it in I'm going to put it under action. Okay. So just summary. Uh, Richard Pl- Richard Pryor's blind. Gene Wilder's deaf. They witness a murder but can't describe it to the cops. They're arrested because they think they were the ones that did it. Uh, They escape the police. There's car chases. There's shootings. There's murder. I mean, it sounds like with with murder and a lot of chases. Like when he said there's enough meat on the bone. Yeah, Yeah. you're you're right. I mean, yeah, I have no qualms. I wouldn't say it's a Uh, full-blown action movie, but it's... No, this is more of a a comedy movie. This is more of a comedy, but uh, it's listed uh, under IMDb as comedy and crime. Um, but this movie's hilarious. Uh, this is, you know, I think this was like the second or third film that Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder did together. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I can't, I don't even know the last time I saw this movie, but. Been a uh, while, been a while for me as well. I have not seen this one. It's fun. Super fun. Uh, it's fun. I don't know how well it will have aged with them both being disabled and making fun of it and then kevin time, Sp- and, and also kevin spacey, and kevin spacey uh, <laughs> this one might be all like yeah. written like wiped from the history of film <laughs> yeah. uh yeah good movie though uh worth a watch if you like that kind yeah. of silly comedy yeah hilarious definitely some some action there's some car chases and some yeah there's enough going on yeah, there's I think, car, car crashes car chases yeah, I remember car, car chases is one of the qualifiers of action. Oh, there's, there's boobs. There's boobies in it. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boobs. Yeah, they, boobs. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder get in some fist fights. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 one of my – like, I, I love them two together. So I love Pryor. I love any Richard Pryor movie. It doesn't matter how – I know, like – you got the phases of Richard Pryor towards the end. I think there's this movie called um, 
I think it's towards the end at least. It's called Moving. Dana Carvey is also in it, which is why I bring it up. But it might be it's Dana Carvey's one of the either the first or one of the first movies he's in. I know he's in This Is Spinal Tap, but he doesn't have any speaking lines. But anyway, he's got this tiny part in it, but he plays um this dude Brad and he's got multiple personalities and he steals the movie. It's hilarious. <laughs> And he's researching something. It. All right. All right. Yeah, I can't. I can't talk too much about this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but worth a That's watch. That's funny. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a back. fun movie to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen it. So I'm, I mean, yeah. Also, I'm, I haven't seen it. I'm down for a watch. Yeah, that. get on it. Double feature it with um, Stare Crazy or something. At first, I thought you were going to say the toy, but I have no idea when that came out. That. That, nah, that might be the seventies or early eighties. Really? It's yeah. it's it's older. The toy is that might be another one that does not age well. It does not. Yeah, <laughs> it's very it. racist. I watched, it, I watched it recently, just like randomly. Yeah. That was one of my favorite movies as a child. Yeah, like, it's good, but just doesn't fit the old twenty twenty two. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go into horror. And I'm going to go with a a uh, Markle favorite. This was a big-time watch for me and Dana. We watched this over and over and over again. I'm going with Halloween 5. Mm-hmm. I knew that was coming. I <laughs> yeah. enjoy this one. This one gets a lot of hate. Not as much hate as uh, 6, but gets a lot of hate. Um uh, there are some annoying characters, but I love this one. You got Dan- you got Daniel Har- Danielle Harris. Is this, is this old Paul Rudd? No, that's six. Nah, that's six. Uh, this is like the direct follow up to four. It's like four and five are one big movie. And, yeah. And... So you have you have Danielle Harris like following up four, where and now like all of a sudden she she can't speak and she's in a she's children's like, home or she's like orphanage. special needs yeah. all of a sudden where she wasn't before um michael's mask is all goofy he gets shot up and blown up in the fourth one and gets washed down a river and rescued by a random homeless man in a shack that nurses him back to health and then michael kills him there's all kinds of wild shit going on in this one but there's some great kills. I had a huge crush on Tina as a child and maybe even as an adult. Um, yeah, this, this one just holds a, holds a special place for me, with the especially with the nostalgia factor. And I, I actually liked how goofy Michael's mask looked in this one. It was it was definitely the most unique and definitive of any of the masks in the franchise. Like it, it's very uh, pointed, it, like the nose and the jaws kind of pointed on the mask. It's, it's very strange. Doesn't really fit with the, or certainly doesn't fit with the original uh, Michael mask and the rest of the fan fr- franchise. Um, but I don't know why it gets so much hate. Like, Part six getting all the hate makes sense because it just turns the franchise on its head with all the thorn stuff and all of the 
cult stuff. Part five starts to introduce that when you have the man, uh, the man in black, the man in black, which as a kid, like, I, again, I was like super interested. I was like, what's this dude's deal? Yeah. And they, they never... started like introducing the thorn because the man in black had the thorn and Michael had the thorn. Well, you don't know that till six though. Who? You don't know about the thorn till six. No, they show him five. Do they? Yeah. I don't remember. It's like towards the end, like you, I don't think they reveal a Michael, but the man in black has it. Oh, okay. And then maybe Michael, they reveal it in six. Yeah, I don't know that it gets hate because of anything like that as much as it was just... Uh, I mean, Tina's super annoying. It's just, I love her. It's like poorly made compared to the other ones. And I don't mean like in terms of being made. I mean like the acting and the characters. Yeah, it has some struggles, yeah. but I don't know. I, look, I love four and five. I, I liked... Tina's sleazeball boyfriend <laughs> with his fucking car with his car and like Michael like scraping it with the garden hoe and then uh, tuning him up and killing him I mean, there's a lot to love with this one so that's my pick yeah I mean I honestly don't have any problems until six and then I've over the years kind of developed an appreciation for six and then it gets H2O for me is I like meh. and then after that Resurrection is just hot, hot garbage. Yeah, but it has it's hot garbage, but it has like so much charm. Yeah. Well, H2- I rewatch it every once in a H- while. H2O could be good. I love H2O. It's just that it left such a bad taste in my mouth when I originally saw it in the theater and I was like I'll never give this movie another chance. I watch I rewatch H2O every single year. I probably haven't seen it in 10 years. Yeah, you gotta you gotta give it a revisit. Do you have the box set? No, I missed out on the box set because I didn't have Blu-ray at the time. You gotta borrow uh, or money, one of the two. You gotta borrow my Blu-ray. It's it's definitely worth a lot, especially since you waited ten years. I think you would have some appreciation for it now because it has like that uh, that late '90s, early 2000s like thing going on with Scream, and I know what you did last summer with all like the pretty people. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And Josh Hartnett and all that. Josh Hartnett, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, the chick from Dawson's Creek, Michelle. Yeah. But then, but then, how it's like on a boarding school campus. Mm-hmm. LL Cool J. LL Cool J. <laughs> the stuff they do with Michael is really cool, like lowering himself down from the pipe. And yeah. It's cool. I remember the ice skate to the face. So. All right, I'm going. Wait, to... Pete, what? Sean, anything on Halloween Five? Nothing. Uh, it's a good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Right. I love all the entrances. So the Halloween's like my favorite franchise. Yeah, I love I love the Halloween franchise. So. It's definitely my favorite franchise. Mm, <laughs> I, uh, over the years, I've was always a nightmare guy, but I've recently, in the last five six years, become a Friday Thirteenth guy. I think it's the most uh, solid series in terms of like I can watch all of them and have fun. Yeah. Sure. Uh, although after watching Hellraiser, I don't agree with all the movies, but there was some surprises was in there. It was yeah. fun. Um, so I'm gonna go drama because I really only have one movie that I've seen and that I care about, and it's called Gleaming the Cube. You motherfucker! Steph uh, spoke so highly of this. This is one of I don't know anything about. This it. is like the greatest movie to ever happen to me when I was a kid. It's skateboarding. It's true. It's Christian Slater. Uh, like young Christian Slater, but it's all about 
Chris Slater has an adopted brother who gets murdered and he's trying to figure out what happened and solve the crime. But like the shit that's going on, like all the skateboarding, the bo- all the Bones Brigade guys are in it, like Rodney Mullen, Tony Hawk. The one dude, his best friend Yabo, has a freaking trash can that you go in and it leads to like his underground hideout um, in his parents' backyard. Like it's sick. It, it's just this like this is one of the greatest eighties movies that's ever yeah, been made. Yeah, it's just like everything you want as a as a young man, as a young <laughs> kid, like happening in a movie. Um, They're breaking into people's backyards to skate their pool and uh-huh. pools. The one kid like bashes his head in. Um, it's it's California, so it's got like the giant high schools that we've never seen in our life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it it really is just like the ultimate eighties movie. Um, this was my introduction to Kristen Slater. Same, also. same. I mean, he's super young in it. I don't know that I would have seen anything else with him at that point. I'm surprised that. It's like, as far as I can picture in my head, his trajectory was like this, and then Heather's, and how like from this he didn't become like the heartthrob of the era. I don't understand because he's in this. He's so like he's got the bleached hair, he's got the earring, mm-hmm. like. And he, then he, I mean, then he for, switches for lack it up. Of a better term, he's hot in this movie. Oh yeah, then he like, switches it up what, and goes preppy. Yeah. To impress his, uh, which is kind of weird. It's like his brother's, his dead brother's ex-girlfriend that he's like trying to impress. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. But, <laughs> but it's a great movie. I mean, I, I can't do it justice. It's like, it's a visual movie. Right, Pete? Like it's that kind of thing that makes it so yeah, cool. So, so there's like, there, his, his adopted brother is older and is somehow he gets murdered because he basically like found out something he yeah, didn't know. Right. So, like, he stumbled across Christian something. Christian Slater yeah. goes on this like like undercover skate journey to figure out like what's going on. He blows up a warehouse. Mm-hmm. Like he does all this cool shit. He gathers and all he his, had, his like, skater serious, boys. <laughs> but like serious awesome skate scenes like out of nowhere yeah. just like in the middle of it dude when they're and rolling up I... with the pizza hut truck tony hawk's yep. like a pizza hut yeah, delivery tony driver the, 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 the domino's driver right? domino's is that what it is pizza hut, whatever it is but yeah pizza hut, domino's, there's like yeah, the slow-mo the slow-mo shot right like the truck's like in the middle then they're all like skating behind it and like holding on to the sides and stuff yeah badass is it at the end like um when he leaps through the uh, window also also the dude the dude who is the dude who's the cop the detective guy he, and he's like he's from scarface right yes he's that he's that actor mm-hmm. he, he like you recognize him because he's like he plays a hispanic guy right. in a lot of movies exactly um so like christian slater gets like this hookup with like um uh like this like state-of-the-art deck with these new wheels that he uses at like the end for like the final scene mm-hmm. and he's like and he's like tracking me he's like holding on to a truck at the end and he's going super fast and like hanging on to a convertible and the guy looks at him and gives him a thumbs up he gives him a thumbs up like and this isn't even i wouldn't even say it's like there's anything corny about this movie it's like straight up like a almost like a skate detective yeah. action drama yeah, like it's, it's, it's badass. I had, this under, I had this under my action and drama. Okay. It's, yeah, it, it could um, definitely be an action movie, too. If if Hear No Evil, See No Evil is an action movie. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just for the skating alone, it's action. Yeah. The the whole credit um, scene is great. It's um, Rodney Mullen just doing like crazy flatland tricks. Yep. yep. Mm. Yeah. If you've never seen this movie, you gotta watch this yeah, movie. Definitely. And find I remember it. what I remember about this movie is like, my brother and I discovered it. My brother is a little bit older than me, and like we're obviously we discovered it in like the late nineties. And we were both skating. We were skaters at the time, and like, but at that time, like, you either either buy a video from Suncoast Video at the mall, or you rent it from Blockbuster. And my parents, remember, my parents, like, we we would rent this movie so much. And my parents were like trying to find it to buy for us for like, Christmas or something. But like, because it, it had some like obscure studio, or like or like even like some sort of like Japanese release. Like you couldn't find this you couldn't buy this VHS for less than a hundred bucks. Jesus. And it's actually it's actually still I think now there's probably some widespread D V D release of it. But like for the longest time it was well known as a movie that like you couldn't get. Hmm. Because because of its like obscure VHS release. So yeah. it's like if you wow. had a movie if you had a movie place where you rented from that had it, you could get it there, and that was pretty much it for like ten years or more until DVDs came around. Now I'm sure, I'm sure some places released it on DVD by now. But yeah. this was a HBO staple for me as a kid. Another one that my mom introduced me to, uh, probably in like 1990, 91. I mean, I remember watching it being super young, but. Another another yeah. home run. I don't think my mom's ever like been like, oh, you would like this movie, and I've been like, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> she just hits home runs. That's all she does. <laughs> Killer clowns, gleaming the cube, night of the living dead. Where are we back to, Pete? All right. So, yeah. what was that? <laughs> all right. So I'm gonna go with my horror pick. I'm going to go with a movie that Joe Bob introduced me to, and that is the Goopy Body Horror Society. The slimy stuff. I can't do this movie. I did it once, and I'll never do it again. Orgies, orgies. The gooey. It is is pretty gross. It's super gross. Butthead. Um, <laughs> but I love the mystery of like the beginning and you don't really know what's going on. Just like the fact that like they've got the they've got these videotapes that are semi incriminating and but then they hear then there's they listen to even more recordings where they're like what is it they got like the daughter and the mom and the dad all talking about like sex like Yeah, she's gonna bang um the dude um well, you think she's going to bang the dude, but really it's what she's going to, like, assimilate. Yeah, assimilate however, him or something. However, I think, was this the first, was this that first run of the last drive-in show before the before it was the series? I don't know if it was the original, because there's the original marathon and then the series. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure which one it was on, but either way, this movie disgusts me. It is pretty <laughs> But it's good. Like, I won't argue really that. Horror. I definitely recommend seeing it at least once. Oh, watch it for sure. It's, it's a good movie. It's yeah, just I that it. gooey orgy shit 
that's yeah, that's the, the stuff that the messes is, with uh, me. It's Cronenberg, right? No, it's not Cronenberg. Society? Yeah. No, not Cronenberg. Uh. But that goopy, oh, Cronenberg does it in the fly. <laughs> yeah. It's just. You sure it's not Cronenberg? Yeah, Society. Definitely not Cronenberg. This is beneath Cronenberg. <laughs> Brian Usna. Usna. Yeah. Yeah. Who also did um, one of the Silent Night, Deadly Nights, I think. Four? I'm trying say, to. I'm looking at the. Uh, I like this Not a lot of like, like not a big cast. Like it's bunch like. A lot of the people don't even have pictures on IMDb. Yeah, no, it's just like an '80s. Um, so basically, if you haven't seen it, the premise is uh, a teenager. <laughs> A teenager finds out his family is part of a gruesome orgy cult. <laughs> um, it starts with what? Like his best friend dies and it's all a cover up. I don't even know if it's his best friend. Somebody dies and yeah, it's like people start dying. Yeah. And I think at, at some point, one of them is like a close friend of his and he starts investigating it. And um, it's all because this orgy cult is. It's they, they, they go, the reason it's called society is because they go to the highest levels of this town's society. Yeah, like they're, they're the high the society. Yeah. It's all the way up to the mayor. Yeah, and they're all rich, rich Californians. And uh, um, they're covering up these murders, and they're really just like in these goopy body orgies. Yeah, and they eat your insides they're and just shit. Just like eating, eating the kids. Yeah. And covering him up as car crashes, saying that the car crash was so gruesome that the body couldn't be recognized or whatever. Oh, it's gross. It is gross. I want to see it now. Yeah, I mean, watch it. It's he, not he a really bad should. movie at he all. Find, find, find it on Joe Bob. Yeah. Because he'll he'll describe it. You know, he'll he'll make more fun out of it than it really yeah. is. Yeah. 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 It's just that 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 goo effect gets it doesn't matter what it's in it just always like gets me yeah oh that's the the very first episode we did is called the gooey stuff or something mm. like that and that's the survey episode um yeah good movie though i mean it is a good movie there's nothing wrong with it at all just that whole like last 15 minutes is just like oh <laughs> <laughs> sean back to you buddy i am going to go into the world of comedy mm. and my pick is weekend at bernie oh what a good pick <laughs> this this movie is so much goddamn fun there's, um, there's nothing more 80s than weekend at bernie's <laughs> it, it's so improbable from start to finish <laughs> uh two guys discover some embezzling scheme at their finance accounting firm whatever uh they take it to their boss and he you know he acts all thrilled about it and then you find out he's the one yeah. responsible for it and he's, he's involved in some mob dealings he invites them out to his beach house thinking that the mob will kill him but turns out he's he's fucking the mob boss's girlfriend and the mob just offs him instead these two guys get there they find him dead and then all of a sudden a huge party erupts and they just play it off like he's nobody even he, notices he, nobody even yeah he just has a pair of sunglasses on and a silly smirk on his face and they just play it off like 
uh, I don't know, Bernie's fine. He's just passed out or drink. He was drinking too much, going too hard. Andrew McCarthy plays the best slime ball in the world in this movie. In both of them, really. But like in this one, he's just he's extra, extra slimy. Like he finds the one line I wrote down. Hi, Tony. I'm horny. <laughs> he finds the freaking. So they they find all the money he stole. Bernie's trying to, to like set them up to take the fall for it. And he writes like a fake suicide note. And in the suicide note, it's written by Larry. And it says that he's going to have a sex change, but he can't live with his lover, who's like the other guy going uh, on without him or some shit like that. He reads this whole suicide note. And then at the end, all he says is, why am I the one that's getting a sex change? <laughs> Dude, when they when they take him out on the speedboat and oh, he falls they, off the back, yes, they tie him on. <laughs> Dude, he's just like hitting pylons. Like that's a that's Terry Kaiser, the actor, and like he's like a character actor. He's in a Friday the Thirteenth, I think Part Seven. He's in he's in so much shit. Um, imagine the discipline it took for him to just play dead the entire time. <laughs> He's just limp, and it, it's him. It's not like a, a dummy or anything. It's yeah. just him limp no. and drug around. <laughs> no, I was just reading this, this stunt double they used on the scenes where they were dragging him behind the boat. He, like, broke a bunch of ribs because they were really slamming him into stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> this this is another anyway, one that's hard movie. to find streaming a lot. Really? Yeah. Uh, I just watch it on. Uh, it's streaming somewhere. I, I just watched okay. it. Okay. It used uh, to be back when, um, before we had like streaming and all that, and you had like on demand, it was a staple of like HBO and Cinemax. I think Good it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. Cool. I'll have to watch it then. I love this movie. It's a, yeah, it's it's a summer go to. Oh, what's his name's in it too? Um, Larry Kaffa, I think his name is from Return of the Living Dead, the mortician. He plays the mob hitman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who goes insane by the end of the movie because he keeps thinking he didn't yeah. kill Bernie. <laughs> he ends up shooting him a bunch of times. Yeah. He murders the dead guy. Uh, so fun. Fun. Such. Uh, yeah. So fun. I can't. People love to bash this movie, and I'm like, I don't think How do you. you bash? We I don't think you understand the greatness that this movie is. I don't understand where all this bashing is coming from. People that just don't understand, man. All right, where are we at, Vinny? <laughs> you only, you should only have one left, right? I got a few left. I have two. I have two after this. Okay, I have two as well. All right. All right. So I'm gonna. No, I have three. Okay. I'm yes. I'm gonna hit uh, action. And go with one that is truly near and dear to my heart. And I really hope peace on board with this one with me. I'm going with Tango and Cash. Oh, yeah. I'm only going to say one thing, and I'm not going to say another thing. Rambo is a pussy. <laughs> um, this is... I mean, this could fall under... Very easily under under comedy or action... They fully knew what they were doing with uh, the comedic aspect of this, while also making it like a, a in a sorts of buddy, um, a buddy cop movie. You have 
um, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell, framed by their ruthless arch nemesis, a mismatched LAPD crime fighting duo, has to put its differences aside to even the score with the evil kingpin who put them behind bars once and for all. So that, that's not even a great description. That's from IMDb. Uh, you have Kurt Russell, who's like the blue-collar, rough cop. And you have Sylvester Stallone, who's the white-collar, pretty-boy cop. Um, and they're rivals, <clears throat> they're rivals in the police, grabbing headlines, grabbing the news uh, in different ways across the city. And they're like the two big shots in town, just very different styles. And competing against each other uh, in the way that they're fighting crime, and the the uh, big the big boss uh, uh, what the fuck's his name Jack Palance is the the bad guy, and he kind of sets it up that they both end up behind bars, get framed, and they're in jail, and they gotta break their way out and do their whole thing. Uh, you have Brian James, who's a great character actor, villain. Uh, you have James Hong, who's a great character actor, villain, uh, doing his thing. What's his name? Robert Zadar. Oh, yeah, with the big jaw? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This dude is such a good villain. He's he's definitely not a famous character actor, but, like, He's played a few villain roles in uh, 80s and 90s action movies. Well, he's in Maniac Cop. He's in Samurai Cop. He has this face. Like, I mean, why does he look that way? He it's has so a cool. disease. It's called a... Oh, it's a disease? Something, like, some yeah, though. something okay, cherub, so cool. I forget. Um, he is wild in this. When he gets electrocuted and he's on the rooftop of the prison, like, fighting these guys in the rain... And trying to strangle him with like electrical cords. It's wild. It's uh, very much a buddy cop movie, like I said. It, it hits on the comedy. It hits on the uh, what was kind of dying out as the 80s uh, action scene at the time. It, it, was, it was like the tail end of it, but it hits on all of that. It, it's a lot of fun. It has the stunts. It has... The like physical action, physical comedy that you want to see, all around great watch. If you haven't seen this, like I think we've said it for a few movies on this list so far, put it at the top of your list. <laughs> great watch, great watch. Tango and for Cash. sure. Yep. What I put under action? Yeah, action. <laughs> I don't think it could go under anything else. Well, comedy. I mean, maybe, but I think it's more of an action. What do you guys think about this, Peep, Sean? Love it. Yeah, great movie. Uh, I think I said my piece. I love anything. Yeah, Yeah. I love anything, Kurt Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't love some Kurt Russell? All right. Except for you guys gave me a hard time about Breakdown. That's because there's better road trip movies. Better than Breakdown. Differ. I died. It was bottom of the list. Yeah, but Beavis and Butthead is a true no, road trip movie. Beavis and Butthead. Whatever. Damn it. I'm going to go to my comedy now as well. And I'm going to take... If I didn't take Weekend at Vernie's, I was taking this, and I'm glad I still get to. 
The Weird Al Yankovic Classic, UHF. The hell's that? You've never seen UHF? No. OMG. What is it, Weird Al? Weird Al Yankovic? UHF? UHF. These were the two I was between. Yeah, uh, same. Same. Um, UHF is... I don't even know what you would call it. A satire, spoof, <laughs> um, comedy. Private parts? What? No, not private parts. Private parts is good though. I don't even know. I don't even know what the movie's about. It's Dude, just like it, a peek. It's yeah. like a peek into Weird Al's weird. Yeah, it's about. Brain. I mean, it's about a guy who inherits a TV station and trying to make it succeed. But along the way, it's just like craziness. It's a bunch of spoofs of stuff. They do like a Rambo spoof, Conan spoof, a um, bunch of game show spoofs, commercial spoofs, music. It's insan. It's insanity. Hmm. Michael Richards is in it. Fran Drescher's in it. Fran Drescher? Yeah. What the hell is she doing in there? Um, the guy who played Jombie sure. from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was huge in like the, the West Coast California like comedy scene. Um, gosh. Who else? There's got to be. There's a couple more like faces you would recognize. That kind of deal. Um, but damn, it's funny, Sean. Like, right? Like, you love this movie just as much as I do. Yeah, it's. Yeah, uh, Michael Richards is good. Oh, he's out of his mind in it. Stanley Spadowski's Funhouse Playhouse. (laughs) You get to drink from the fire hose. (laughs) Oh man. I think Vinny might be the only person that's never seen this. Pete, have you seen this? I have, but I haven't seen it since I saw it on like VH1. Oh wow! Like okay. Yeah, I, I remember when they were playing it. That was a while ago. Jeez. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Weird Al. I saw him in concert when I was. Yeah, I was saying I never you know, got I, to. I was a kid. Uh, and it's just, I don't know. What's a Weird Al show like? Is like, is there a pit? <laughs> no, no. There, it was like a, like it was a full performance. There was like costume changes and like theatrics. And... Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I would love to see him live. He played up in Lancaster. There's like the uh, there's a theater, um, where a lot of I don't want to say like old like acts go, but like Blue Oyster Cult played there, Everclear played there, Goo Goo Dolls, like all these weird like. But that's where Weird Al would play. Um, and I've never seen him come to Philly. I'm sure he played, like, The Man or something, and I just didn't even notice. But Yeah, I think we, I think I saw him in uh, Allentown or Reading. Okay. Yeah, I would love to go to a Weird Al show, though. I'm saying. He's coming. Yeah. See, this is one of those movies, Vinny took a walk to go to the bathroom, I guess. But this is one of those movies where I, I'm pretty sure I would try to show him, and he would just scoff at it. Yeah, I mean, this is like a eclectic sense of humor. And, yeah, yeah, uh, you, this is yeah. You definitely have to get it. You have to be on that same wavelength of of humor because there's nothing normal about this movie. No, and there's like random music video. Like oh. he just at one point is like all he's in like decked out in neon and his guitar's all neon and there's a whole song that he plays. Yes, there's a I like the Close Encounters of the Third Kind spoof. With the potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> this is important. <laughs> this means something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. 
I love Weird Al, man. Yeah, hey, me too. I'm a huge Weird Al fan. I think he just put out a new song not too long ago. Have to look. Or he's putting out a the Illustrated Al. I don't know what that was. I saw it on YouTube. I didn't look at it. It just popped up the other day, so it's new. Whatever it is. I've always been a big Weird Al fan. Yeah, and same. Like, I'm pretty sure I've heard that like he's like. Like he doesn't like drink or do drugs, nope. which is just like kind of funny for somebody that quirky. Yeah, he's just a quirky dude. He um, he had a behind. Parents the... were killed very tragically. They were like murdered. No, they died of uh, they died. There, uh, it was a gas leak. Oh, they died happened? in their sleep. Yeah, I actually have an autographed photo. It's his parents and him. They they all autographed it. Dead? Huh? No, not yeah. when they were dead before. This was at the uh, the wall. Remember the wall? They were at the wall yeah. in uh, Andorra, or at King of Prussia, somewhere nearby. But um, it was that the picture is him, his mom, and his dad, and they all signed it. But yeah, they yeah, had like, I remember they had like a gas leak in their house, and they died in their sleep. Oh, damn. The yeah. thing with the wall, I remember, is that, that if you put the wall sticker, lifetime on your, guarantee, lifetime guarantee. <laughs> That's right. Till they no longer existed, and now what yeah, am I supposed to do with my Aerosmith cassette that broke? <laughs> yeah, dude, how am I supposed to listen to Get a Grip? It's broken. <laughs> I'm living on the edge. Yeah, I, I want to show you UHF, but I feel like it's one of those. It, like Sean was saying when you were away, it's super quirky, and I feel like you would just make that Vinny face and not be into it. Yeah, but it's weird how. I mean, it's definitely weird how. I think if you like Weird Al, you'll like this movie. Yeah, I can get behind that. Conan the Librarian. <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Yeah. Wait, so Sean picked that? No, uh, Jeff picked that. Jeff picked <laughs> All right. I guess I'm going action here. That closes out action. In between two movies. Dude, we're on pace for our longest episode ever. We have... Yeah, yeah this is definitely a long one. Blockbuster um, is the only category closed out. I only have... And comedy. comedy. I have family... No, no, comedy's not closed out either. I have family and sci-fi left. That's it. I guess I have to go... I was going to go with a Bond movie. Wow. And my favorite Bond, by the way. But I'm going to go with the muscles from Brussels. Oh, boy. And kickboxer. Kickboxer. And, you know, for Is a second, I was, I was excited that you were going to do License to Kill. And then you didn't. <laughs> you guys haven't gotten uh, into Bond at all. You no. Know, I really was, really was going to do it. And then I just changed my mind right now. Bond is hard because I'm partial so like everyone's like oh Connery yeah that's great I've never seen any of the modern ones I've never seen a Pierce Brosnan one I've never seen I was gonna say I'm a Pierce Brosnan guy yeah but I'm a Timothy Dalton guy I love Timothy Dalton as Bond no the the Daniel Craig ones are real good what's that oh uh, the new guy what's his name Daniel Craig yeah yeah Yeah, I've never I've never seen any of those they're much different though right I I just I fall into that old um the Timothy Dalton's the uh Oh, who's the guy that did one? Uh, George. Oh. George Lazenby. Yeah, I yeah. like his. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Good. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go on a bomb thing. Good. Anyway, Kickboxer is the one. If you've ever seen that iconic scene that you didn't know what the movie is of John claude Van Damme dancing in the bar and then bouncing on his crotch in a split, that's Kickboxer. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's going to avenge his brother who was killed in a Muay Thai fighting ring. Uh, and he teaches himself the art of kickboxing, Muay Thai, and goes to Thailand and kicks some serious ass. Kind of like Bloodsport, but not Bloodsport. Yeah. <laughs> well, and Bloodsport, that villain was something else. That... Yeah, Bloodsport is like supposed to be to the death. <laughs> it's like not supposed to be to the death, but it is. Well, it's the Kumite. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kickboxer is funny because in the sequels, do you know who becomes the kickboxer? I think it's Kickboxer 3. Oh, um, it's fucking Cody from Step by Step. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Dan. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought it was Dan. They, they, they did like Kickboxer 6. Yeah, there's a lot of Kickboxer. Kickboxer and, like and American Ninja kickboxer. when I was a kid. There's like a ton of them. I'm pretty sure the, the Miz became Kickboxer or something. No way. I'm pretty sure. When I was a kid, like when 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 we were younger... Or when I was younger, I don't know if it was you guys too, but um, Cinemax and HBO, like the late night programming would just be like American Ninja 12, Kickboxer 25. Like it was just like all this random shit that nobody wanted to watch, but they probably just like had sitting around that they would play it. And I would I would see all these goofy ass movies and I'd just be like, this is the shit. Um. Well, I don't really have a lot to say about Kickboxer. No, there's not it's a lot to say. Yeah. Talk about Van Damme in a fighting movie. Yeah. But only because I, I have Vinny, no. Only because Vinny said the Miz. Can I talk about the fact that Maurice Smoke. is like hotter than Smoke ever? Show now? Two kids later. Whew. <laughs> like, what's the deal? Anyway, Kickboxer. Good stuff. We can still talk. We can still talk about Bond. Or that could be. I mean, I'm sorry. We could do a Bond list. It's just going to be very different. I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be fun though. It would be very definitive. I feel like person to person. Yeah, Bond list would get deep because, like I said, I think it almost it falls into like who you like. Right? Like, everyone loves Connery. There's, like, maybe 30 movies. There's so many. And then there's movies that aren't even really Bond movies, but are Bond movies. Like, it's insane. The Rock? Yeah, I mean, I grew up... The Rock. I um, I grew up... The original Casino Royale. Like, stuff like that. Oh, my God. I grew up heavy in those. So did I. So, I mean, Connery... Then my personal favorite, this was of my youth, I mean, was Pierce Brosnan. Like, he was Bond for me. So I'm I'm a T- Timothy Dalton's my one. Roger Moore's my two. Sean Connery's my three. I Timothy, love Roger Timothy Moore. Dalton's up there. Roger Moore was sick, dude. Yeah. I'm just there a goes. huge I'm a huge Timothy Dalton fan. I just love him as an yeah. actor. Who was that? Was that Pete? That was Pete. So that goes to Sean. Oh jeez. 
Hmm. I guess I got to get my Oscar movie out of the way, right? And there's only yeah, really uh, one left that I. It out. There's only really one left, and I don't know. This is probably not up your alley. This is the Morgan Freeman film, Driving Miss Daisy. Mm, yeah, definitely not up my alley. <laughs> yeah, not my bag. I don't think I've ever actually seen it. It's a good movie. Uh, I've definitely seen part of it. I'm surprised, Pete. I thought this would be like your thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a sweet story, but uh, an old lady back in the 50s loses her ability to drive. Uh, her son, played by Dan Aykroyd, uh, gets her a driver. Morgan, Morgan Freeman's not her son? No. <laughs> well, not that I know. And it's a very fat Dan Aykroyd, if I recall. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. My girl era. Uh, but he hires Morgan Freeman to be the driver because you had to have a black guy drive you around in the yeah. 50s. And she's like pretty racist and mean to him, but then they end up becoming like the best of friends. And uh, she lives into her 90s and talks about how he's the, he's the best friend she ever had, even though she's going through like dementia or whatever's going on with her. But uh, it's a good story. Uh, nice movie. Good message. Yeah, I mean this one's um, on of the on a lot of the uh, top lists for 1989. A lot of top lists in general. It's always mentioned. I don't know. Is it? I mean, this is a personal thing. It's never really appealed to me. Yeah, it falls into my drama thing. Where yeah, it's hmm. it's it's dramatic and and deals with a lot of heavy shit. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good film. Yeah. I dig it. Back to Vinny. Alright. I'm excited for this one. I don't know why I was worried and thought someone would take it before me because I knew none of you guys would. But under the drama category, and this could fall under action, I'm going with the great Black Rain. I thought you were about to choose my last movie and I was going to freak out. Black Rain? I never heard of Black Rain. Black Rain. What the hell's Black Rain? Sean, Pete, anybody? Never seen mm-hmm. it. Oh. No. All right. Wait. Uh, for the occasion, let me put on my best voice here. Oh, my God. Two <laughs> New York City cops. They're on the streets, and they're taking down <laughs> the Yakuza. And they got their perp, but they got to bring him back to Japan. And as soon as they get to Japan, he escapes immediately and now they're two fish out of water in tokyo and now they gotta catch this japanese yakuza guy not gonna lie that was pretty good (laughs) (laughs) dude this movie this movie it's michael douglas and andy garcia as two gritty new york city cops for some reason, they decided, like, 89, we're going to make, like, oh, Michael Douglas is washed up and old and kind of chunky. But it's 89. He's not even old yet. Like, so I don't know why they're going that route. But it is so over the top with how much they're trying to make Andy Garcia and Michael Douglas, like, badass, gritty cops. Like, <laughs> almost to the point where it's camp. Like, they're really pushing it, how badass and gritty they are. 
And but like the, the whole thing with them going up against the yakuza and the you know which is the Japanese uh, mob is awesome. And then to add in that they they catch they catch the guy, but they're responsible for transporting him back to Japan. It's not like a federal agency. <laughs> like two New York City cops are bringing him back to Japan, and they get duped before they get even, get even off the plane. They uh, they land in Japan. <laughs> And get duped immediately by the Yakuza, and he escapes. And now they're like, you know, it's the whole... It gets super racist, too, with uh, Japan and uh, Asian racism, essentially. Like, I mean, it's them being the Americans in Japan, in Tokyo, and they're fish out of water, and they're trying to catch this guy... And trying to bring down the 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 uh, Japanese mob, it, it's ridiculous in many many ways. But it is so fun, and I have loved this movie from a young age. It's it's great, and there's a lot of motorcycle chases because it's the Japanese mafia. So why wouldn't there be motorcycle chases? There's samurai swords, um, and really, it's Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia that is bringing home Michael Douglas is being just such an over-the-top, obnoxious, badass, like, on paper, that it's silly. And Andy Garcia is, like, kind of the voice of reason, but he's also trying to, like, doing the New York accent and being the badass. It is a ton of fun. ton of fun. Uh, I highly recommend it. Like, I mean, like, this is, like, so this, like, there's going to be a really long episode, and... We've been talking a lot about these movies, but we've, I think I've recommended a lot of, like we've talked about a lot of big movies that everyone has seen and heard of that we talked about before, but there's a lot of stuff that I feel like people might not have seen and are hopefully getting a recommendation or something they're going to watch out of this. And definitely with this one, if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I feel it, like you've brought this one up before and I was excited for well, it. Well, I might have because and I just it's, forgot uh, about it. It's Ridley Scott. Okay. He's the director. Yep. 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 Uh, music by Hans Zimmer. So you know I love my Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh damn. Yeah, I mean it, it's, it's a it, legit. It's a banger. Right. It's a banger. All right. Got to remember that Black Rain. All right, I'm going to my family pick. Um, as far as I was concerned, I only put one movie because there was only one movie I was gonna pick, and I'm glad no one picked it. It's Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The second Tim Burton movie to make this list. Um, what do I have to say about this? It's a great effing movie. Um, Pee Wee Herman was a big deal for me in my childhood. I used to watch a show every Saturday. Um, then later in life, I just became a huge Paul Rubens fan after he made his little comeback in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> and I just respected him so much more after that. Um, but anywho, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is amazing. Um, it's everything you could ask for as a kid. It's it's funny. It's adventurous. There's cool gadgets, if you will, like the magic tricks and his bike, and that whole like opening scene with his wake up, like his alarm clock that makes his breakfast for him and all that stuff. That was like every kid's dream. Um, and then he travels across the dam. I should have put this as a road trip movie as he travels across the damn 
country to find his bicycle. Goes to the Alamo. There's no basement in the Alamo. Did you know that? Did you know that? There's no basement? <laughs> his, the, the psychic told him that his bicycle was in the basement of the Alamo. When he gets the Alamo, finds out there's no, no basement. basement. That's fucked. <laughs> yeah. But, um, that's a super fun movie. Definitely, um, one of those movies I probably rented from like the West Coast video a million times just because of that opening sequence, like the Mr. T serial. And <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. I'm sure everybody here has seen it. Mm, what? Mm, I've seen it. You've never seen Pee Wee's? I'm not a big Pee Wee fan. What? Curse me out. Jeff, Jeff, I gotta, I gotta. I'm seeing this listed here as 1985. What? There's no way. There's no way Pee Wee's Big Adventure was 85. I'm just saying. Pee Wee wasn't even a thing in 85. Shenanigans. Who's your source? IMDb? Yeah. Uh oh, Jeff. Now, you could have gotten duped because on all my Google searches, because it was going to be on my list, uh, under 89, it kept saying Blue Steel, and I love Blue Steel, because that is, in fact, a 1990 movie. Oh, my. August 9th, 85? I was duped? You were duped. Because I was going to have Blue Steel on this, and I was like, oh, my God, Steph. I almost got embarrassed. We can can leave it, because, honestly, we don't need to make this any longer. (laughs) I'm very upset that I was duped. All right, Little Mermaid. (laughs) All right, Little Mermaid. (laughs) I mean, that's a great movie. (laughs) That priest gets a boner. Ariel is hot. There's a there's a castle of dicks and the priest gets a boner. (laughs) Enough said. Let's move it along. Ariel's hot. Wow, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I got I got effed on that. Sorry, sorry, boys. I I almost put Little Mermaid under my Oscars because it was nominated. (laughs) Yeah, best music. Yeah, I love Little Mermaid. Ariel. It's actually like I'm not. I think we discussed this. I'm not a huge Disney fan, but of all the ones I've seen, I think it's my least favorite. Little Mermaid. Yeah. Really? It's not my Ursula? favorite. Yeah, I feel like it's very not my favorite. favorite. It's it's like for girls. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. why. Maybe it's because it's for the girls. Well, not that I'm like, liked it. like that at all, but. All right. Well, sorry guys, my bad. That's well, we good. should be all on our last pick then, right? Because I only I only, I only have one left. My last pick. All right. Which uh, I be... thought I thought that I was this was gonna be a discard for me. I'm kind of glad it's not because I just watched it yesterday for the first time. Oh. And what genre? Uh, this this is a movie that I would put in the category of something that Vinny would put as a dark horse, <laughs> and that I would argue with. But it's really good, and I recommend anybody to watch it because it's only got three. Basically, uh, if you ignore the first five minutes of the movie, it's got three people in it. And this movie's called Dead Calm. Has anybody seen it? No. Dead Calm? Nope. Dead Calm. Hmm. It is Sam Neill, a young Sam Neill pre-Jurassic Park, is married to Nicole Kidman, probably pre-anything as far as I can tell, because she's very unmade up. She's got her natural red hair, very curly. She's got her Australian accent. 
Um, and that guy that you should listen to because he's a cool guy, Billy Zane. Oh, Billy oh. Zane. Um, as the, your as friend the, there. As the villain. Um, what uh, what category is this, Pete? This is drama. Okay. Could be action if you really want it to be. But, all right, so let me let me set you up here. It's um, And I don't really know why they added this in because it's kind of not necessary to the whole plot of the movie. Um, it starts off with Sam Neill is like a Navy man who just gets back from service and is waiting to get picked up by his wife and toddler son. He's waiting at this train station for hours and then is approached by the police who are there to tell him that his wife has been in an accident. His wife was in a car accident and the son, who was like probably no older than five years old, was killed in the accident. This happens in the beginning of the movie and is never mentioned again. (laughs) 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 There is a very dramatic car crash scene where the sun literally goes through the windshield of the car and you're like holy shit this is gonna be a big part of this movie and it's never talked about again. Um, <laughs> except for the fact and I think this might just be like the long con except for the fact that like she has the she has a prescription to like to like lithium or something that like when she gets depressed she takes it some sort of sedative um, because what the movie is really about is as I said Sam Neill is a Navy man and now that he's like retired from the Navy they're like out sailing the Pacific as a couple and they come across a um, marooned, not marooned, it's just floating dead calm as as the movie is, uh, another boat that's like not moving, all its, all its um, whatever's are up, its masts are up. And uh, they try and contact it, and all of a sudden somebody's ferociously rowing towards them from that ship. That ship is supposedly sinking. It's Billy Zane. They have they calm him down. They put him to bed. Sam Neill goes over to the ship to check things out. Billy Zane wakes up, doesn't like that he went over to the ship to check things out, and uh, knocks out Nicole Kidman, turns on the engine to the boat, drives away. Sam Neill's stuck with this boat that has no engine. The engine's broken, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Billy Zane's a creep creeping on Nicole Kidman. Sam Neill has to figure out how to get this boat working. All this crazy stuff happens. It's pretty it's a pretty good movie. Hmm. Uh, just kind of hilarious that like they make this kid die and they never talk about it. Again. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> it is really I mean she she does so the whole thing is like I'm saying the setup is that these sedatives now exist on the boat so she can then somehow she can then drug Billy Zane later on. But is that really, like, is that the only, re- like, that's the only way that you can get, like, drugs on the boat is by killing their kid? I don't know. Yeah. 
That's pretty weird, but I'm kind of intrigued. I want to check it out. I I definitely recommend watching it. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Pretty quick. Pretty easy watch. Yeah. Yeah, I and, think it, and Sam and Sam Neil has to go through some pretty hardcore shit at some point. I'm always down for both thinking. Love Sam Neil. All right, who does that leave up next? Sean. Sean? Ooh, I think I got to go to horror. And yeah, you got to close out horror. I wish I, ha- I wish I had a deeper cut. But this movie has one of my favorite kills of all time. It's Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite kills of all uh, time? The, the boxer? Yeah, the boxer. Yeah. Gets his head knocked off. Come on. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> he punches his he punches his head clear off. <laughs> uh they give you that glimmer of hope bananas. too, like, oh, this guy might take Jason. Oh yeah, he, hmm. he's like a he's gonna stand a chance. He's a world class boxer, and he's landing some big punches, and Jason just takes his head off. And then it falls into the dumpster, and the dumpster closes. Yeah, <laughs> hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah the, I don't the know. The dumpster that I would closing is the icing. I don't know that I would say this is a great movie nah. by any means, but it's got that like gritty. New York 80s feel. Mm-hmm. Nasty ass New York, yeah, for sure. Um, well, and, and then, like, just the whole promise, like, uh, I mean, obviously, we weren't around for this when it uh, hit theaters, but, like, even for me, like, discovering this as a as a youngster, like, oh, Jason's going to be in New York City, and, like, and really, it's mostly on the ferry to New York City, and then there's, right. like, weird... Uh, uh, not uh, not subway. Uh, weird sewage underground near city stuff going on. Uh, yeah, I think you guys have probably talked a ton about this movie. I don't, I don't remember where it landed on your Friday the Thirteenth list, but probably low, high, whatever. <laughs> middle, middle to low. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still appreciate it. I it was above it was above X probably. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Not one of the better entrances of the franchise, but fun movie. It's still, it's still fun. It has it has this moments like there's a laugh out loud moments when you're watching with the crowd with like the whole Jason turning into a child like in the sewer system like weird shit going on with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. And then when Jason's yeah. walking down the Manhattan streets and like comes across that that like hoodlum street gang and just like looks back at him <laughs> and scares him. Yeah, good stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and I, I love that gritty New York eighties vibe. Oh uh, yeah, like Jeff said, like definitely like the shithole yeah. New York yeah. vibe. There's like toxic waste in the alleyways. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean like there was a pretty strong era of, of like I, I mean I guess that's how New York was but it I, was yeah it was just, I mean it's how New York was portrayed so like when these films films hit international where people's like seeing this and be like oh New York City like I don't want to go there probably but it like, wasn't that far off from reality I mean Philly was yeah, a shithole until like, the mid 90s every 80s any 80s horror movie that was filmed in New York looked like this like 
even even thinking about just like Basket Case or like uh, or Maniac Cop. Or Dude, whatever. all you have like, to do is watch the Warriors. I mean, there's no yeah. that is New yeah. York. That is not set. That is not a fake location. That is New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even uh, even Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except they it. found that sweet abandoned subway. Dude, I wanted to hang out there so bad. No, that's the second that one. So awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But yeah, the second one had the sweet stuff like that. That was so awesome. It was like, I was like, I'm gonna find that someday, and I'm gonna hang out down there. And I thought all the good sewers were in Connecticut. All right, Benny, you're up, Bubby. All right, so I'm closing out with comedy, correct? Yes, correct. All right. Well, I mean, I'm glad it fell to me. I don't know how, but um, I'm gonna go with Major League. Mm, that was on my list at number three in my comedy. I mean, this might be, I mean, this is in my top five overall sports movies. It is, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, Martin Sheen. No, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Martin Sheen. Tom uh, Berenger. <laughs> Tom Berenger. Corbin Burnson. Bob Euchre. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Uh, it's, it's just, it's awesome. It we have... Best. All the sports banter in the clubhouse and the uh, the sort of like tryouts, trainings, camp stuff leading up uh, with one-liners, all their different yeah. quirks, their different skills, their different backgrounds that led them there to be on this piece of shit team, and then going up like what you would normally you would normally say going up against the man. In this case, a evil, wretched woman. A woman, yeah. Um, Up your butt, Joe Boo. Yeah. Ripping off the little pieces of clothing. Yeah. So much, so so much good in this movie. It is, it is a classic. I, I watched this many times with my father. He showed me. He, he let me watch it far too young, and I guess just like <laughs> let stuff like go over my head, and then like later I was like ah. I okay. get that now. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're getting older. It's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, how much can you say about Major League? Yeah, it's, it's great. Really what I want to ask you guys, do you love or hate Major League 2? Love Major League 2. Me too. Love. It gets a lot of hate, but I love It's not a better three, movie by nah. any means. What was 3? Like Major League? Like, Back to the minors. Never even seen it. But it's like the team was like... The Bumblebees or something. Well, they went to they went to the minor leagues. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but I, the Bumblebees. I don't know. I never it was seen like it. Something terrible. Didn't bother. Yeah, I like the second one. Second one's good. I don't know if I remember Major League Two. It's fine. I never saw it. It's where Charlie Sheen like so He's trying um, to shed the bad boy image. Yeah, so he like got like yeah. some some infamy and everything, and like got all clean cut and had had this like hot Asian that he was like also dating. And she was trying to get him to be clean cut, but then he lost. He lost his stuff. And Can't throw the gas no more. Yeah, needs the attitude. Also, Randy Quaid isn't that. <laughs> yes, he's the. No Wesley Snipes though. Who? Who? Uh, Omar Epps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Omar Epps. Black Thunder, White Lightning, and Jesse Ventura. And then uh, they brought in the the Japanese guy for the second one. That was all crazy. Yeah. Black, no, Black Hammer. That's it. Hey, Black Hammer. 
I went to go see his movie, but it was only out for two and a half hours. What was the Japanese guy's name? I don't know. He was nuts. Yeah, he was nuts. <laughs> uh, Good stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, Major League's a great one. All right, let me finish it off. My sci-fi that Vinny's going to hate. Wine like a bitch. But it's the Toxic Avenger 2. Toxie in Japan. Uh, I don't have a lot to say about it because no one's going to quite get it. Just a goofy trauma movie. Um, but they went away from the hard R, lots of nudity, lots of gore, and they tried to make it more of a PG-13 thing to try and get in the theaters. So it's it's a little more well done. Um, if that makes sense for a trauma movie. More well done. <laughs> uh, yeah. Compared to what? Uh, the original. <laughs> Um, it's just goofy fun. <laughs> if you're into trauma, you'll love it. If you're not, you'll hate it. But it has one of the best lines ever. Um, the There's a guy who, in, in the third one, the third one came out the same year because they were also one giant movie that they cut into two. But, so you find out that this evil head of a corporation, it's called Apocalypse Inc., he ends up being the devil. But in it, he's... Um, taking over Tromaville as Toxies in Japan. And he's in the park, and they're, like, clearing out all the homeless people and, like, whatever. And there's a homeless person begging for money, and he looks at her, and he says, a penny saved is a penny earned. William Shakespeare. And then she looks at him and goes, fuck you, David Mamet. <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> and that is the highlight of the movie, probably. <laughs> Oh, God, and that's it. That's a, that's upsetting, though. Do you know why? Why? Because William Shakespeare didn't say that. Whatever. I'm just paraphrasing. I don't know who actually said it. It might have been Walt Whitman. It could have been... No, Benjamin Franklin. Ben Franklin. That's who it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know when the last time I watched Toxic Avenger 2 was? I have it on VHS. Put it that way. Oh, okay. So you're saying that you just quoted it wrong. Yes. Which is fine. Yes. As long as it didn't end up in the movie that way. But it's funny. It's funny watching. Would end up in the movie that way because trauma. It's just funny watching a trauma. Like there's (laughs) there's a a handful of movies where trauma was trying to get like a PG thirteen going so they get into theaters. It's Toxic Avenger two and three, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD, and they're so different than what they normally do in a good way. Like like I said, like they're well quote unquote done. Um, But of the three, Sergeant Kabuki Man is the best one. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Well, everyone come to my place July 9th for Troma Fest. Uh, <laughs> no, July 9th, we're going to VHS Fest. I know. I'm kidding. Pete, you know what movie came out in 1989 that I cannot believe didn't make this list? Or are we going to do miscellaneous? You do it. Uh, we got to finish skip up. Skip miscellaneous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's three, we're uh, at 315. Van- Very quick discards. Vampires. Vampire's Kiss was a 1989 movie. Really? Really? I think think it maybe was released international in 88, but it came out in the U.S. in 89. Because that definitely would have been in my list. I would have replaced drama by Ben Calm with that for sure. Hmm. Wow. Fucking Uh, love that movie. Let me throw down a quick recap for everybody. That's listening. Uh, hopefully, people got some some things to add to their watch list because. Wait, f- first thing, huh. if if you're still listening, 
<laughs> Comment on one of our Instagrams the word scrum trelescent. Scrum trelescent. <laughs> because I feel like no one is listening anymore. No, I mean, listen, when these podcasts go this long, I mean, I know I yeah, listen you, to you podcasts. Split them up. I split them up. I split them up. Like, I have I have a half-hour commute to work every day. I I split it up. Like, no big deal. Pete, if, yeah. this, if the moon was made of spare ribs, would you eat it? I would. <laughs> I would. I'd slather myself in <laughs> mustard. And then I'd wash it down with an ice-cold Budweiser. <laughs> what the hell's that? It's Harry Carey. Yeah. All right, so the hey! Re- oh. <laughs> Jesus, startle me. Uh, <laughs> to recap the results, here we go. So, for Oscar winners and nominations, we have Jeff uh, came out with the Dead Poets Society. We had Pete with Fields of Dreams. We had Sean with Driving Miss Daisy and myself with Glory. For blockbusters, meaning they were a top-grossing movie or a top movie being shown uh, domestically, we had Pete with Indiana Jones and uh, Last Crusade, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we yep. had Sean with Lethal Weapon 2. We had myself with Batman. We had Jeff with Lethal Weapon. I mean, I have Ghost, Ghostbusters 2. For sci-fi, we had Pete with The Abyss. We had Sean with... Back to the Future 2, we had myself with Leviathan, and we had Jeff with Toxic Avenger, Toxic Avenger 2. For drama, we had Sean with Say Anything. We had Jeff with Gleam in the Cube. We had Pete with Dead Calm, and myself with Black Rain. For horror, we had Jeff with Death Spa. We had myself with Halloween 5. We had Pete with... Society, and we had Sean with Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan. Family movies, we had Pete with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Sean with Uncle Buck. Myself with National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And (laughs) Jeff, we had to cross out Pee Wee's Big Adventure, (laughs) and he subbed in Little Mermaid. Action movies, we had Jeff with Roadhouse. We had Sean with See No Evil, Hear No Evil. We had myself with Tango and Cash, and Pete with Kickboxer. And finally, to wrap things up, comedy. We had Pete with The Burbs. We had Sean with Weekend at Bernie's. We had Jeff with Weird Al UHF, and myself with Major League. Good year, boys. Yeah, it was. A, it was I mean, a, that's that's solid. It's a big year. That's, that's probably uh, why we went so long. It was just a I lot. mean, the same the same thing happened in 1992. Like, there's four of us talking about movies. Yeah. There's a lot of good movies. I mean, the only dud we've had for this uh, new War Games is 1980, and I don't know why 1980 was such a lame year. Just a rough one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am going to throw my misc out here because I have to keep in the tradition of my miscs. Uh, Ted Bundy was executed this year. In 89, he was executed? Mm-hmm. And I've been doing nothing but serial killer stuff every time we do a year. So. I don't know why I thought it was later, much later. Eighty nine. Interesting. Hmm. I'll throw my uh, if I'm. I'll throw my miscellaneous out, and it's that along with the two of us, Taylor Swift 
the songbird of our, songbird of our generation was born. And then, Jeff yeah. was really yeah, I was, I was a little pissed <laughs> off. Like, you, how come when I Google 1989, Taylor Swift comes up? It's like the first 15 things. It's like Jesus Christ. Well, you know, it is a real album. year. It happened in history. Because she has an album called 1989. I'll just tell you one thing, Pete. Very we are never, ever, ever getting back together. <laughs> ever, ever. Mm. We, we. All right. Back together. Well, if you stayed through the three hours and 15 minutes, good for you. More power to you. Until next time, this is the Killer Quad crew saying love, peace, and chicken grease, and we are out of here. We'll see you for an episode 100 next week, and.